the pride of Limerick, a young man named Sean Sheehan. The MMA media, Don Graham McDonald. The severe MMA people that are coming to the local shows way before everyone else. To see them coming up and they're getting their shot, and I'm proud that people are coming up with me. Welcome everybody, it's episode 117 of the Severe MMA podcast. My name is Sean Sheehan from SevereMMA.com, Sherlock, and as you listen to right now, the Severe MMA podcast. And with me, like he is every week, is the Andrew Strauss of Irish MMA media, Graham McDonald. We're going to look at all the big news in MMA. We're going to look back at a brilliant UFC 211 card. We're going to talk about that press conference that happened on the Friday before it. We're going to look at Bama as well. Some uh, A couple of interesting fights there. And obviously a big talking point with um, Aaron Chalmers making his debut. So we'll talk about that. We're going to talk about next week's Bellator London card as well. And we're going to answer some of your questions. Graham, what's the crack? Uh, not much. Good good day uh, of uh, Premier League football. Nice few goals for Liverpool. And uh, always good to see Man United lose. Yeah, well, it was a good day for Liverpool because they had a meaningful game. Man United obviously had a meaningless game, uh, but we got to the since the last time we recorded, we got to the uh, Europa League final anyway. So, but it looks terrible nice. attitude. Yeah, that was very, very lucky getting to the Europa League, League final. Uh, Celta did everything in their power not to go through, and it worked. Just, just by being uh, an inferior team to Manchester United, just by refusing it? to kick the ball into the net. Guidetti is terrible anyway, so... You, <laughs> <laughs> they had a load of chances to kick the ball in the net, and they refused at all costs. Oh, yeah. We're there anyway. That's very, very Liverpool are in the they're top four. They're best of all the They're best of all the but uh, still, they were just too crap. Yeah, so... Yeah, that's... There's nothing really much to talk about. Yeah, Man United... Uh, like to be done, the league. Yeah. Man United fans, they love the league so much over the years, talk about it constantly, and then... I uh, know we've given up on that. We love the Europa League now. <laughs> Well, change of tune. It's just you know, Liverpool fans. I know they, have, they struggle with reality sometimes, but um, <laughs> <laughs> they should give up on it when it's gone. As I've been saying for the last few weeks, it's gone now after they lose their attitude. Man, you know, they went into the last month. After that, after they drew that Man City game, people were saying, "Oh, what are you talking about? It's not gone." Yeah. Even at the start of the season, they, they weren't trying to win the league. They were just. I'm, I'm delighted. The... That I love the six at the back shit as if it's a bad thing. Good. They should do that. They should be defending away for draws yeah. or defending at home or whatever. Yeah. Good. Good. You win the I like, I like the way Mbappe came out and said name? he wouldn't want to play. Mbappe said he wouldn't want to play in a crap crap team like Man United. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> uh, hundreds of million. Pogba cost hundred million. Oh, who is he defending? Hundred twenty-seven million euro apparently you now. That's the actual. Well, is that all the time? Like uh, you're you're not really one of them, though, are you? Like if Liverpool were winning one nil, you would would you not want them to defend with six people? No. No, I wouldn't want them to start off with six at the back against uh, a team oh, that were meant home? to be. Oh well, they've done that this year. What about that game against uh, West Brom? Remember that one a few weeks ago where I said it to you and you were like, oh, no, uh, I'm, uh, yeah, I don't know. That was uh, three at the back and then yeah. five when defending. Yeah. That wasn't six at the back. Go on. Come on. Long ball merchants. Long ball merchants for the last... Uh, sorry, seven at the back. Long ball merchants for the last fucking... <laughs> seven at the back. Come back to me when you yeah, win yeah. a cup. Jorgen fucking failure clap. This is his middle name, cunt. But anyway, yeah, Marino, let's get it. Marino's last league position is only going to be slightly worse than this league position by the looks of things. He mid table again for him. He didn't finish last season. Mid table so. again for him. He didn't finish mid table last season. He left for the end of the season. Nah, technicality. 
Anyway, loser Liverpool are gonna just carry on losing, winning. Uh, Man United already have a more successful season. Liverpool, we won a trophy and we're into another final. So, oh yeah, that trophy. Yeah, congratulations so on finishing well third. Well done, well done. Congratulations <laughs> on being second loser. Anyway, Man City will finish third, but yeah. I don't even know what the table is. I've, uh, Europe is the exact I care about. Anyway, uh, let's get Go to on, the yes. MMA. We're going to talk about Steve Miocic versus Junior Dos Santos first. And, you know, this this kind this fight kind of went away that maybe I expected, and a lot of these big fights maybe don't. Um, the, the first fight, it was a very close, tense affair with Steve pushing forward, kind of a very agricultural kind of game plan, you know, to, to put the pressure on Junior, tire him out, you know, get the takedowns, push him against defense. Uh, and, and he did that for a while. And then Junior kind of came back into it. It didn't work. But this time, and I think we, we spoke about it last week as well, how Steve has improved an awful lot since that last fight. And Junior is pretty much, he, he's changed a few things and he, he's definitely, he's got little, he's got better in little things but not in big ways like steep has and i really thought that showed on on saturday night i thought the best thing and the biggest thing for me from steep was just how clean his work was you know he wasn't I, I said the word agriculture there. It just wasn't agriculture this time. He was standing there. He was putting pressure on on uh, JDS, but he was putting pressure on him, you know, from a distance with range by using his jab. By you know, he wasn't running in head first, you know, kind of like him. So. <laughs> yeah, he, he just wasn't doing that. He was doing it like he was so slick. I thought landing those left hooks coming forward, landing the right hand, putting the ones and one twos together, like. Junior's biggest issue is he's he's not a counter fighter. Like when he's pushed back, he's no good. When he's standing in the pocket fighting you, he's good. When he's pushing you forward, he's good. But when you have his back against the fence, when striking or grappling, he's that's when he he fails. And Stipe did that. I managed to do it basically for the whole fight. What did it go? Two and a half minutes or something like that. And and he just did it brilliantly. Landed the shots and, and got the finish. Were you as impressed with him as I was? Yeah, he looked he looked really good, and he actually came uh, overcame a little bit of adversity as well when he he got a couple of calf and low and leg kicks in, and he looked to be a bit uh, his leg looked to be a bit damaged from that. So he kind of pushed forward. He seems very very confident in his ability more than he ever has been. He, JDS he, he needs to sort out. He, he's he's probably never going to sort it out at this stage, but backing himself up against a cage too easily. He makes it too easy for for his opponents to do it to him, and he takes so much damage there and. It was a downfall again. I, I'd be surprised if they hadn't worked on it. Not doing that, but um, I suppose old old habits die hard, and uh, it's cost them again. Um, after a pretty good start with injuring uh, or seeming to injure Stipe's leg, that could if the fight had gone long, that could have been a real big factor in the fight. But uh, Stipe just just ignored it and knocked him out. Yeah, like I think those leg kicks were actually a big thing as well because. As I said, Junior backing up, he just he he just can't do it. He's just not good there. But those leg kicks are something that are, you know, it, it's tough to to counter when you're backing up at heavyweight because you're going to get hit with big shots, obviously. And it's tough to, you know, maybe if you're like a featherweight or a lightweight or something, you know, you can dodge the shots. You know, maybe take one to give two or three back. You know, when when you're countering. Look exactly like McGregor did against Aldo when he knocked him out. He took a big shot, but he landed one. You know, if that was heavyweight, he might have gotten. You know, it could be the double knockout. <laughs> I know, but you know, just uh, that's only a small thing. Like, but in heavyweight, that's a, a huge possibility. But for Junior, yeah, Junior to land those leg kicks, that's a shot that you can throw 
without you know steep in my kitchen and, and take him down off it but when his back is up the uh, up against the fence he might as well anyway you know because he's already in that position and i thought that's something he used very well as you said he kind of he hurt his leg with him a couple of times and, and he did he did well but for steep he just walked through him basically you know he, he wouldn't he wouldn't junior he wouldn't let junior stop him from doing exactly what he wanted to do and another thing as well with that range is the power is the precision and that's that's you know, it's it's all coming together for Stipe. Like if you, if you look back at the last fight, and I suppose a lot of people did coming into this fight, and you look at last night, like look at everything. Like his range, so much better, so much more crisp. His his shots, so much better, so much harder, so much more precise. Just everything is coming together with Stipe Miocic. And I thought last night, you know, he, it has been happening for his last few fights. You know, we spoke about it here. A lot of people have spoken about it. But last night, it was just kind of the culmination of it because it, it's grand. You you know, you can kind of make excuses when he's fighting other people, you know, fighting for Verdum, you know, you know, good fight. You know, did Verdum make a mistake, whatever, Mark Hunt, all these things. But then you, you show him against someone who already beat him in a close fight. And then he just absolutely destroys them in two and a half minutes. And it wasn't just like a one-punch knockout either. It was two and a half minutes of utter dominance of just taking the fight away from Junior Dos Santos, not letting him have it. And, uh, you know, just getting getting the finish in, in a way that maybe he wouldn't have done a few years ago. You know, Stipe was that type of guy who, who would pile on the pressure, keep going, you know, landing shot after shot after shot. But as I said, that power, it was, it, like it was something I've talked about a lot you know, over the last year or two, and it's something that we, it's just so obvious, and it, improvements usually don't come like that, you know, they don't come as obvious improvements like that, but with Stipe, they kind of have, and, you know, maybe it's because he has, you know, the extra money after winning the title, or maybe, you know, something like that, maybe he, he can spend more time not working a full-time job, even though he's still working there to go and prepare, and those improvements have come in, maybe that's it, I, I think, know, but I think it's I think it's just that he came to the sport relatively late. He's he's yeah. definitely improving. Like he's thirty six or now, I think I believe older than older than Junior DeSantos. But he's like if you look back at when he got TKO'd by Stefan Struve in in the UK, that was that's a different that's a different fighter. That mm-hmm. like that the Stipe now would absolutely crush the Stipe of a couple of years ago. And um, I think we we were kind of saying in the last week, he's just he's just constantly improving and he's getting more confident and that's dangerous because it's one thing to improve your technique in the gym, but the confidence to go out there and execute it and the ability to go out there and execute it and string everything together is uh, is elusive to a lot of people and I suppose that's why Stipe is a champion and he's probably going to set records for uh, the uh, the heavyweight division in the UFC. Yeah. What do you think about that? A lot of people are saying, is he in the ghost, the heavyweight ghost uh, mm, conversation? Mm, not, not, he's, he's in the conversation. He's in the conversation, yeah. but I wouldn't have him there. I wouldn't have him at the top of it yet. But another couple of wins, if he can, if he can put away Cain Velasquez, or not even put him away, just beat him in any way. And um, and, and then like you have people like Fran, Francis Ngannou coming up. And I know how much you love Francis Ngannou, but It'd be a good time to fight Francis Ngannou now for yeah. for Stipe before he develops. Uh, he's still very raw. Like uh, as we were kind of saying, like the Stipe four years ago or three years ago would lose to the Stipe now, and I, that that's going to be the same case with Ngannou. Ngannou is going to be a lot better uh, in three or four years than he is now. So it'd be in Stipe's uh, interest to fight him soon enough. And Francis Ngannou seemed to seem to think it's uh, easy work. Anyway, he put out a tweet. Uh, can't remember the exact wording of it. Can you? No, it was just in very bad English, but we got the idea anyway, you know. So, I had an LOL at the end. It was like, <laughs> oh, that'll be it. 
fight for me, LOL, or something. Something just <laughs> something really uh, blasé about. Wasn't impressed by the sounds of things. <laughs> um, look for me. Uh, I think Kane, Kane and Fedor are probably you know, ahead of him in the in the goat discussion. Fabrizio Verdum must be there as well because he's beaten both Kane and Fedor. So, but I think you know you have you have to put Fedor up there. I think he just did so well for so long. You know, he fought a lot of. He was fighting a different year as well, I suppose, and maybe and definitely he didn't fight um, the level constantly that Steep has over the last five fights or so. But he fought a lot of good guys, you know, Nogueira and who else, Crocop and, and the likes of that. But, you know, he's, as you said, if he beats Ken Velasquez, and after beating Verdum, after beating JDS, you know, all heavyweight champions of the world, and goes out and beats Ingenodin as well, it's going to be tough. He's, he's definitely going to be up there. But I suppose that's a discussion for another day. Who do, who do you think he should get next? Like, a lot of people are saying to me, you know, it's... It, have Kane fight Francis in Gnod. Francis put up a, a kind of a non-cryptic tweet about fighting in UFC 214 and have the winner of that fight uh, fight Stipe. For me, I don't think I don't think that's why um, heavyweight is so light. You have to line them up. I think. I think you you know you either give it to Francis now or you either give it to Kane now or you either put the two of them in a fight and then you have the winner fight. Uh, you know, fight against different people and have the winner fight Stipe. You know, it's tough. It seems like Stipe wants to take a little bit of time off and come back then, even though, you know, he had a little bit of time off before this, I think. But it's, it's tough. Who would you give it to next? Um, I, I, if I was UFC, I'd wait on Nganu a bit. Um, and I'd probably go with... Uh, if, if Derek Lewis can beat Mark Hunt, Mark Hunt, which you'll probably find a way to do, I could see that happening. Um, if Kane... If, like, Kane is the one to make, but Kane, he, it's, it's so hard to trust him to, to, to make it to a fight uninjured. Um, he's had serious... He, how many times has he fought in the last couple of years? Like, twice, maybe, you know? Mm-hmm. He run, it's, just, it's, it's the same problem with Khabib. It's, it's, it's an AKA problem as well. It's it's a American Kickboxing Academy problem. They just... There's something going on there where they're training too hard or... Something's going. Something's going wrong there, where everybody's constantly injured, and um, it's really hard to trust them, uh, especially somebody like Kane, who's got a bad track record for uh, injuries. And even when he does fight, he's fighting injured most of the time. Um, but ideally, it would be Kane. But um, maybe it'll be if Mark Hunt beats Derek Lewis. I can't really see it being Mark Hunt. Yeah. It kind of depends on this. Like, uh, if Derek Lewis can just finish Mark Hunt. I'd say they'll give it to Derek Lewis because he looks big and mean, and he's he's uh, he's sellable as a as a huge heavyweight who could knock anybody out at any moment, which he can. <laughs> so like, I, I think whatever happens, I I think you probably you should give it to Kane, right? But put someone on the card. Like if Verdun wins, put him on the card against someone else. You know, maybe even put Verdun and Lewis if they both win on the card up against each other. And if Kane falls out, wildcard play. <laughs> if Kane if Kane falls out, give one of them the fight. You know, I think you kind of have to do that if you're putting Kane into the card. I think the same goes for John Jones. You know, I think you you have to put a big light heavyweight fight on that card as well. And UFC two fourteen. You know, whether it's even someone like Shogun who's on a bit of a run now. I know he's not the Shogun he used to be, but someone like that on that card, you kind of have could, to. They could bring the. They could bring the best uh, heavyweight of all time out of retirement, uh, Cole Conrad. Yeah. 
paying the paying the big money. <laughs> get them in there. That milk factory right now. Get that milk factory. Yeah. My gold is pretty profitable, but we can never know. We might go in there to, to lay on somebody for twenty five minutes for for the right money. <laughs> that is a fact. That is a fact. Right. I suppose we'll have a few questions about uh, Steepy and, and Junior later on, but let's get to the comment event now. And um, did you have something to add there? I was going to say, uh, Kane Velasquez, would, would, uh, hopefully, if Stipe would win that, then he'd, he'd definitely be in, he'd, it would be a debate whether he's the best or not. And th when you think about the rest of them, like uh, Fedor, there's a lot of reasons why people point out why he's not, due to his competition and, and all that stuff. And um, I, th I think he could make a good argument for Stipe if he, if he, if he, if he just beats Kane. That, that just one more that 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 name he doesn't have that people kind of consider the the best UFC era heavyweight. Yeah, I agree. Right, let's move on to the the comment event. Um, and another debate over the the goat, Joanna Injecek, just put on an absolute destruction of Jessica Andrade over five rounds. Uh, in in the strawweight division, obviously Andrade was three and since coming down from one thirty five pounds, and looked to be. You know, a tough challenge for Ian Jacek because of her power, because of, you know, her athleticism, her speed and all of that. And looked to be, for the first minute or two, she came out, she, Ian Jacek, with a couple of hard shots. But then Ian Jacek just, just turned on the afterburners and just upped her technical ability. Just just absolutely took the fight away from Andrade and, you know, just put on a really a masterclass of striking. I... I, I you know, I couldn't have been more impressed for, for, with Ian Jacek. You know, we, we talk on the podcast a lot about errors that people make, you know, in their, not, not just in their range and in, you know, in the way they kind of cut down the cage and things like that. But Ian Jacek is so good that she, you see those errors happening, but you realize that they're happening because she's making them happen. You know, Andrade didn't do a good enough job of, circling before the circler you know expecting injecic circle to come but injecic did such a good job of moving both ways or moving forward or moving backwards that it was almost impossible for andrage to know what she was going to do next you know when she was going side she was doing it fast enough and andrage just wasn't um you know andrage just wasn't um timing it well enough when she was going backwards she knew she had enough you know real estate behind her to get back without getting her back against the fence and when she went forward she just she just threw so many shots and she threw them so well in combination that Andrade couldn't do anything. You know, she had some success, as I said, in the first minute or two because she went forward and she was able to push Injecek against the fence and hit her two or three times. And the other successes she had in the fight were something, you know, I spoke about in my um, preview coming up to put her against the fence and hold her there. And she had a little bit of success there, but she just didn't do it long enough. I think uh, Schwann Humes' article was very good, saying that her game planning just coming up to this isn't up to scratch and she won't be able to do that in this fight and i think it turned out that way and i think joanna when she had her standing up she recognized she was dangerous and just did everything to make andrage miss and her you know to, for her to land her own strikes and just did it brilliantly i thought yeah no she was it was an absolute master class again from joanna um I think they said on the commentary, well, that the, even the takedowns that Jessica Andrade got were more power than technique, and they were just using up energy. <clears throat> and Joanna was able to create a scramble mid-takedown and get back to her feet uh, most of the time as well. And I think that uh, took a lot of energy out of Jessica Andrade. Um, but Jessica Andrade, she, she can take a serious beating yeah. and not even not even stop coming forward. Uh, it, <laughs> she, must, she must have eaten 12 to 15 head kicks. Uh, <laughs> and several like really stiff jabs 
combos, leg kicks. Um, she's just really, really tough. She never, she never looked rocked. She kept coming forward. Yeah, like in the first round, she opened or she put that huge hematoma on uh, Jessica and or not Jessica, Joanna Yinjacek's uh, forehead. I think she she kind of bust up uh, Joanna's eye in the second round as well a little bit. Swe- uh, it swelled up. Um, she definitely <laughs> she definitely didn't give up and she kept swinging and she kept coming forward no matter what Joanna threw at her. I'd say Joanna uh, when she landed a couple of them strikes was like was thinking to herself, "What's it, like? I'm not gonna be able to put this one. I'm not gonna be able to put this girl away." Like. She's just not going to go down. So she kind of yeah. probably may, maybe she kind of um, used a bit more movement and circling away in the in the fourth and fifth than she usually would. But she she clearly had the fight in the bag by that stage, and she definitely wasn't. Uh, she didn't. She didn't, it was a rest for Joanna, but it was still a very high output uh, round. I think every round she threw over forty significant strikes, or landed yeah. sorry over forty significant strikes. That's a very very high clip. It was not just the output, but it was the variety as well. You know, once said she threw like she threw a one-two with her hands. Then she threw a head kick. Then she threw a, a shot to the body. She threw, she threw like a a front leg kick to the shin, and then she kneed her in close when they got into a clinch. Like yeah, shot selection, fight IQ, brilliant. Just unbelievable. Like at one stage. She countered like I, I haven't actually gone back and watched this yet, but I'm I must like at the time it was just, it was something out of like the karate kid or something. You, uh, Andrade threw a leg kick. Joanna literally hopped over the leg kick and kicked her in the head in the same movement. It's just you don't see you don't see things like that happening in, in MMA or in you know in kickboxing or in any sport. It was just it was just a phenomenal phenomenal display. Like we, people spoke a lot about Rousey and her um you know her come up through women's MMA and in the UFC obviously bringing uh she was m- the main reason to to bring women's MMA into the UFC. But Joanna and Jacek is you know she's the technical reason she is the the talent you know she is she's everything that people thought rosie was you know rosie was a good fighter don't get me wrong but johan is just so well-rounded she she's just brilliant her take down the fence last night was very good her fence work which i worried about she did so well she heartless she landed some brilliant knees against the fence that kind of one thing she did brilliantly which she, she does a lot when she's going forward I mean she has people against defense but she did it kind of defensively last night was she puts her the palm of her hand into into Andrade's face and in in one fell swoop she throws her other hand her other her elbow of her other hand and just hits her pulls away her, her hand she kind of masks her eyes and hits her with the elbow at the same time just brilliant like small little technical details that just make her so good but you know, it's the overall fighter as well. You know, her just her range, her shot selection. You know, her ability to connect, her power, her kicking, just everything is just phenomenal with her. Yeah, she really is the best female. Uh, I don't think, like, I wouldn't think there's much of a debate now that Rousey's now that Rousey's lost uh, two. I don't think I don't think you can really argue for for Nunes ahead of uh, Joanna and Jacek. She's she's just the best. Who's going to beat her? You look at the rankings, and none of them are going to beat her. People are talking about Rose coming in. She would beat she she would beat Rose. Uh, she'd expose uh, holes in uh, Rose's striking. Like yeah. Rose's got good. She's got some good flashy stuff, but her basics would be exposed badly by Joanna. Um, and if you can't get Joanna down, um, you're not going to submit her on the on the feet, like. It's just it's just a bad matchup for pretty much everybody around her. Uh, Claudia Gadella, yeah, if she if she can sort out the, the 
the cardio problem that she's have a chance, but I think she missed her opportunity to beat yeah. you want to end there, to be honest. Yeah, I was just about to say I that. Think I think that's gone now. Yeah. yeah, go on, sir. Like I think Kovalkevich is probably has the best chance to beat her. You know, she put on a good display against her last time and you know, although I, I think she lost four rounds to one probably in that fight, I think she she did pretty well. And I I actually don't think Kovalkevich fought the best fight she can fight. I think she's actually better than that. So that'd be the even one. But you, as you say, look through it. Gazelia, as you say, I think her I definitely agree with that. I think her chance is gone. Andraj lost last night. She's not gonna beat her. Rose, I, I'm very, very impressed with Rose. I think she's very, very good, but yeah, she's not she's just Joanna's a terrible matchup for her. Everything yeah. she's trying to improve at, Joanna has mastered. You know, Joanna is a master of fundamentals, well. and if you have yeah. holes in your fundamentals, she'll she'll expose you very quick. Yeah, someone maybe someone like John Calderwood might be a good fight. You know, because she's it's gonna be not, headed off for the one twenty five now. But yeah, uh, yeah. in the one twenty five division, it could be a different story. If uh, let me just look at the the bantamweight division here, who could make one twenty five out of there? It's hard to know. I'd say a lot of them could. You'd be surprised at yeah. losing a bit of muscle and get getting down there. Um, but even looking there, it's as we were saying a couple of weeks ago. You'd probably take Joanna over nearly all of them. Um, outside like of the amazing thing about Joanna is like as you said with Stipe, she's Shushenko, still Shushenko against uh, Joanna would be a ridiculously high le level striking match. Yeah. <laughs> Like, think about how long it is since Joanna fought um, Rosie Sexton and Cage Warriors. It's not that long, like, you know, it's actually not that long. It's amazing. Oh, Rosie Sexton, she, she yeah. came back out of the UFC for one last fight and she got Joanna and Jacek. Yeah, fair play to her. Cage Warriors. Tough, tough fight. Yeah, yeah she's, she's very tough. But, um, toughness against Joanna, just get your nose broken. Exactly. Your face yeah. broken. Exactly. But yeah, just, I, I think she's just a, a phenomenal fighter and who who's going to be next? We, you know, we don't know. Um, Kovalkiewicz is fighting Gedelia. Do you want either of them fighting her again so soon? Especially Gedelia, I don't think so. You know, is it going but to be? Either of them was really impressive and gets the finish. If Gedelia went out there and looked like Frankie Edgar looked last week or last night, um, you can make the case for it pretty easily, I think. Maybe. And if Carolina goes out and knocks her out with something very nice, then you can make the case for that again, I think. But then after that, who who's left? Really, it's twenty, it's one hundred twenty-five pounds from there, isn't it? Give her Paige Van Zandt. Put her in there. <laughs> Poor Paige. What has Paige ever done to you? <laughs> Put her in there. Uh, you know the Carolina fight. If she does win, though, uh, you were kind of making a point there. I think Joanna in Poland. You know, there's a big MMA scene in Poland. You know, as we see with KSW coming up in a couple of weeks as well. You know. They could fill out a big arena there. They could they could sell twenty five thousand tickets. You know, if KSW can do it, I think Joanna and Jacek against Karolina Kowalkovic could probably do it as well. You know, if they put on a, another few few people on that card as well. You know, there's a lot of kind of Eastern Europeans uh, around there. A lot of people might, might travel as well to, or, sorry, in the UFC might travel as well to see them. So, you know, you mm. just you the, the 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 Gadella fight. If if Gadella was to win, might do better just because of the hatred between the two of them and the the backstory. Yeah. yeah. But, Either way, it's it's a it's a serviceable matchup for for um, Joanna from the winner of this. But yeah, uh, yeah. After that, it's a bit. Uh, she's she'd already be going back and beating people. She's already beaten in, in both of them two people and uh, both of them too. So it, yeah, um, the the only well the best thing about this 125 pound division is is the prospect of Joanna moving there and maybe fighting some of the 135 pounders moving down. Yeah, I agree. Right, let's move on. You mentioned Frank Edgar there, so we might as well go to his fight next. This this one was... 
the cooler. It, it, it wasn't the cooler, but uh, I think I was very, <laughs> I was very disappointed in how Yair Rodriguez fought. Like coming into the fight, I picked him because obviously his striking is very good, and I thought he'd be able to ca- to catch Frankie, and I thought his bottom game was very good as well. You know, he's usually someone who he'll hit the ground and he'll either pop straight back up, get his back to the fence, or sweep and get out. And I don't know what happened to him. I don't know if he overcome by the occasion. I don't know if he's saying, oh, shit, I'm frying Frank Edgar now, but he just didn't do it. And I, well, I Edgar, actually, yeah. in fairness, was pretty was pretty uh, ferocious about the ground and pound from, he from the good, start. He was good, yeah. But still, it, it, I think um, a, lot, a, a lot of time you, you have it. Go on. Go on. A lot of, a lot, a lot of time yeah. when guys get takedown, they, uh, they, they don't like... They wait for an opening to start throwing ground and pound like that. I think, mm-hmm. I think uh, he, he might have been... He might have been uh, stunned by one of them shots because he went to the defensive guard pretty quickly. I think um, I think at the, the start of the first round he was trying to throw up a few submissions, but then he realized that he was just going to get smashed from there. And I think maybe he would have been smarter to try to limit the damage and um, scoot up against the cage and get back up. But Frankie Edgar, you make a little mistake like that, and he, he'll he'll punish you for it. And I think yeah, years it was a bit too much too soon. Um, he definitely has a big future ahead of him. I'm glad. I'm glad the fight didn't go on as well. Because uh, yeah, I think you tweeted or somebody tweeted that he he'll he'll a uh, big career ahead of him. It wasn't his night tonight. No need to take any more damage. Yeah, that was me. Look, my my thing about year was he got taken down the first takedown Frankie got, and he was right against the cage. Yet he didn't put his back against the cage and try to wall walk. You know. How can you not do that? That's like a terrible mistake not to do. Like when you're fighting against Frankie Edgar, fair enough. Like I don't know. Maybe he did get hit by a hard shot and his head was frazzled, or maybe it was what I said. What he was saying, "Oh fuck, I'm fighting Frankie Edgar. This is this is exactly where I didn't want to be, and I'm I'm now here." And he panicked. But I'm not sure. Whichever it was, it's just I thought it was just or awful. or he thought his guard was better than than it is, and he tried thought he might be able to get some submission and make Frankie Edgar posture out a bit and be able to create the space that way, but. Frank Yeager's bread and butter is is bashing, smashing through, uh, smashing through uh, armbar and triangle attempts and getting into side control and just working ground and pound and top control in general. He did and that eventually, think, like, but at the very start when he got got taken down, he tried to push off the hips. Like, fair enough, you try to do that if you push off the hips when you're against the middle in the middle of the cage. But when you're against the cage, you put your back against. It, you try to wall walk. You try to get underhooks yeah. and get get Frankie back up. You know. It was just amateurish mistake. Someone someone said it on Twitter as well about the, you know the, I think it was Patrick Wyman said it about trying to hip escape when he's there. Like that's the worst thing you can do. What like you hip escape? What are you going to do? You're going to be against the fence anyway again, and Frank Yeager is just going to push you against it and take you down again. You know, and it yeah. didn't work yeah, the way but, he was going. And then he started going for triangles, he, you know, that were never on. He never got near any of them. Trying trying to throw up kicks and Frank Yeager did like credit Frank Yeager. He did. I thought he did a phenomenal job of being heavy and standing on, on top of him. But it's just what my problem big problem was was just the initial like 10-15 seconds of your year willing to accept that he was on the ground and not you know not doing everything he can to get up it was uh, i thought it was just yeah. terrible but we kind of we kind of talked about it last week where uh if your ears kind of fancy fancy long range kicks and distance strikes don't work he, he his plan b isn't, isn't really great he if it if he's a good front runner and if you play into his game he's very good but he the alex casares fight he didn't. He didn't look great, even though he won that, didn't he? But 
But I think there was another one where he got taken down a few times as well. I can't remember. I was watching it but during the, the week. Thing, the disappointing he, thing for me was Yair is usually good at this. Like he's usually good at sweeping when he gets on the bottom. This is a completely different level. Of yeah, still, you try anyway. He didn't even try. Like he 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 usually makes those names. You know, it doesn't always work for him in previous fights as well. But he didn't he didn't try to do what he usually does. He just accepted that he was there twice. Like when he was taken down. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. It's a different level, but yeah. Frankie, Frankie just um, he's just fighting BJ Penn one fight and then fighting front Frankie the next fight like that's just a completely it's a completely different ball game completely like uh, BJ Penn's completely over the hill and uh, barely even motivated anyway half the time and his heart's not in it. Uh, Frankie Edgar means everything to him. Uh, he's a different level of fighter. He's done this to so many fighters. Yeah, you should have been expecting this. He's done it to to Cubs once and he's done it to he's done it to loads of fighters. He. He's he's done it at 155. He like he's been champion at the weight class above. Like this guy is is a serious contender. Um, as much as I, I mean, you always talk about uh, thinking he's overrated. If you play into a style like that, he will absolutely yeah. smash you, and that's what he did. Yeah, like I tell you, what was impressed me most was we talked about it there with Joanna and uh, Jessica. That Jessica and it's another thing that John Inner kind of does as other fighters like that. And Frank Edgar, I'd say, on the feet is a little bit like that as well. Although, with obviously, with not the power, is you know, you push forward, pressure, pressure, land hooks, get inside. Frankie did that so well. And the big difference, if you just watch Frankie and watch Jessica, Frankie cuts off the circle, you know, cut cuts off the cage, quells Yair Rodriguez's movement in one direction. You know, you can't stop it in every direction. Yair might come forward. If he comes forward, you can change levels, get a takedown. If he goes, you know, if you go left and he goes right, he's obviously going to get away from you. And then you reset and you do it again, you know. But I thought Frankie did that so well. And, you know, he set traps for Yair to run into him. And he ran and he caught Yair and he put him against the fence and he took him down or he, he put him against the fence and he landed strikes, you know. I thought that was absolutely brilliant by Frankie. As you say, you know, he he's still a very, very good fighter. And, you know, he's he's beatable if you, a little bit like Donald Cerrone, he's very hard if you play into his game or if you, you know, if you let him do what he wants to do. But if you play your game against him and you're very, very good, you can beat him. Like, But I think Yair Rodriguez, he could have, but as you say, still a little bit novice. He just kind of the Cajun maybe got them a little bit and even though you know he did an interview with Ariel and he kind of was a little bit pissed off with with Frankie saying that he wanted to take his name and stuff I, I actually thought that was a good sign coming in I'm, you know I'm not a big one for uh hit games and stuff coming in but I thought he was in the right frame of mind but when he you know the fight didn't kind of play out that way for me yeah he'll he'll definitely be back and he'll improve and it could be the, it could be one of the best things that ever happened to him. He could he could come back and this could be the the, the making of him. Um, this is the kind of thing though that pushing guys into these fights. This is the kind of thing that I'm worried about with Francis and Ganu. I just I, I, if they put him in with Stipe now, I could see him getting exposed for maybe fight IQ or just experience in the cage, and maybe maybe it could uh, it could people could be looking back at it the week after or the day after and saying oh. They shouldn't have put Nganu in until until he got a couple more wins. So it, I think it was just a bit too soon. I think maybe in a, in a couple of years' time, they could re, redo the fight and it could look different. Maybe Frankie would still win, but I don't think it would look like it looked anyway with yeah, you're making bad mistakes, as you were saying, and just novice, novice errors. And get, yeah. that you, got errors that you can't make against a, a top guy like Frankie Edgar, who only needs a small opening.
100 percent. yeah even like look look at max holloway you know he lost to mcgregor last the early fights yeah. and now he's come back done very well even look at mcgregor you know lots of fights and cage warriors and stuff where he get into the ufc look at tom duke and what that uh, he had lots of fights in bam and stuff came into his first fight in the ufc wasn't his best performance got hurt you know could have got finished but that experience told and he got through you know in his first fight in the ufc uh you know that experience that he had in Bama, you know, winning titles, fighting guys like Phil Pot and, and other guys in Bama who were good fighters, you know, stood him in good stead. And Yair has fought some good guys, but he, it is experience. I do think he has a talent, and I picked him because of that talent. But he just, you know, it, it's it's grand doing that, but you have to do it in the biggest fight of your life as well, as well against the toughest guys. And he just, for me, he just didn't do it against uh, Frank Edgar, who fought extremely well. But, um, yeah, uh, I think Max Holloway is actually a really good example. He's mm-hmm. a bit younger than Max Holloway, but I actually thought he beat Dennis Bermudez when he lost this with decision to Bermudez. But and the McGregor fight, obviously, he did well, but he, but he lost every round. Um, but, um, if, if, if that Max Holloway, if he, that Max Holloway was a kid compared to the Max Holloway now, yeah. and it would be complete, like, it'd be a completely different story if Dennis Bermudez. Fought Max Holloway now, the odds would be massively. The odds would be, um, you probably get to six or seven to one on Dennis Bermudez now against uh, Max Holloway. It'd be a completely different kettle of fish. And I think, um, more than likely, Ayer will, will be back and uh, this will be long forgotten in two or three fights' time. Yeah, 100%. Speaking of Max Holloway, Frankie and Frankie Edgar, do you think if Holloway wins, Frankie will get the next title shot? Federer? Um, yeah, if, if Holloway wins, yeah. If he doesn't, then it's it's up in the air then. Yeah, I was kind of saying it on Twitter last night. If Holloway wins, I think Edgar and Holloway is a good fight to make, even though Edgar has lost his last four title fights. But if Aldo wins, I think... It's Edgar a fresh matchup, and it's a, it's a style matchup that you can sell as well, isn't it? Yeah. It's, an interesting, well, it's an interesting fight. I think Edgar should go to 135 if if uh, Aldo wins. You know, there's some good fights from there. You know, I think that... um. Cody fight would be a great fight. Uh, TJ Dillashaw, you know, Cody's there's talks of him being injured. TJ Dillashaw against Frankie would be a brilliant fight. You know, just there's, there's lots of good fights there. I'd like to see him. You know, even someone like uh, Aljamain Sterling or uh, Thomas Almeida. Or, you know, there's lots of you know lots of great Dominic Cruz against um, Frankie Edgar. Lots of good fights. So I think that's a possibility for him. But um, I suppose that's a, a chat for another day. And Yair Rodriguez, he'll, he'll definitely be back. But um, Damian Maya against Tarhim Masvidal, we talked a lot about it. We we gave clear and concise opinions about that fight. We we put our, our reputations on the line, gone into it, <laughs> and we turned out to be right for once. The cooler didn't didn't uh, let us down. My bet of the week came up. Your uh, bet of the week. <laughs> All right, listen. These things. what was my original bet of the week? Submission. D- Damian Maya by submission. I oh, talked you talked you off the ledge. Did you? <laughs> You did, in fairness. You did talk me off the ledge. But nonetheless, uh, the severe Maybet of the week came up anyway. <laughs> it was actually it was a tougher fight for Maya than I actually thought it would be. Um, look, when the fight was on the feet, obviously Masvidal was winning, but he wasn't bringing enough uh, output after maybe the first takedown that Maya got. You know, he, he got it back on the feet, uh, obviously, in the next two rounds and stuff. Long periods of the fight played out in the feet. 
Amaya just wasn't thrown, or um, Hezbollah, sorry, wasn't just, he just wasn't thrown enough, wasn't thrown enough power shots. When you get, you know, look back at McGregor against Mendes, when he got that fight back on the feet, he took the opportunity and he knocked him out. Masvidal could have done that, he should have done that, you know, but he, he just couldn't do it. Uh, and Maya, you know, kept getting the takedowns, kept getting on his back, you know, into mounds, different places. Masvidal did unbelievably well to defend and not get choked out and to, you know, to just lose the decision. But, you know, it's when a very you, fine balance fighting Damian Maya on yeah. the on the feet though. If you overcommit, he's gonna take you down and you're not getting up until the end of the round or you're gonna get submitted. He'll be on your back. So you, you know that uh you gotta be very careful here, but you know that your your time on the on the on the feet is probably running out as well. So it's a very fine balance and mm-hmm. it's a very hard one to judge. And I I, I thought um I thought Maya clearly won the first and the third and I th- I, I thought the second uh was was Masvidal um, just about? I, I it was very very close though, uh, the second round. Um, but I think Maya, I think Maya gassed his legs out a bit uh, with the with the backpacking and the the body triangle in the in the first round. He was he was probably on his back there for for three or four minutes, and um, he looked when he when he when he switched out of the body triangle to the hooks. I think that was a sign of of his legs being tired. Um, and I think that affected him as the, as the fight went on. But he doesn't even need a takedown. He just needs to get under you slightly, grab a hold of your leg, and work from work from anywhere on the ground to your back. And he's a master of jiu-jitsu, MMA jiu-jitsu. He's, he's the best ever. Mm-hmm. I, have a, I have a question for you, though, and this is, might be a bit unfair question, but do you think Maya's recent run is a little bit... Uh, it doesn't show exactly what fighter he is, you know. People think about as you know, Devin mentioned on the on the uh, on the broadcast. He's kind of the last of the specialists left in MMA. You know, if you look back, okay, Masvidal was it was a tough fight, but he got him down. He was able to you know to destroy him on the ground. Let's say Carlos Condit, perfect matchup for my uh, bad takedown defense. Will stay on the ground. Will give you opportunities. Matt Brown, you know, kind of an easy fighter. And Gunnar Nelson was a, was a tough fight. He but made a bit of a meal of the Matt Brown fight. Uh, he did, yeah. Damian Moya did. But he still got the job done handily. But. Yeah. Gunnar Nelson, a jiu-jitsu guy as well. Like, the, it was, I was I was, was going to be, you know, a tough battle on the ground. But Maya, you know, obviously showed he, he's best, better than him. Neil Magny, you know, similar kind of wrestler and things like that. Like, all the matchups, some of them, you know, tough matchups, all very, very good fighters. But... Against Tyron Woodley, a guy who's he's gonna find it very hard to take down, or you know get his back or stuff like that, who hits extremely hard when it's on the feet, and uh, you know Dana White, Dana White confirmed last night he's getting the title shot next. Do you give him a chance against I Woodley? Think, uh, I give him a chance because he's so dangerous on the ground. But I think Woodley's a bad matchup for him due to his his attributes as a fighter and his um his ability to to follow a game plan down to a T and be. Yeah unbelievably disciplined even if the crowd are booing the shit out of him he just doesn't give a shit and he, he he's just going to be so technical and i think um i think that damien maya uh he's old now like he's older now he, he's going to get tired a little quicker than i think maybe a few years ago maya wouldn't have been as tired uh in that masvidal fight as he was by the end uh, so I think it's a really bad style matchup for for Damian Maya, and I definitely pick uh, Tyron Woodley to win it. But you can never rule out somebody like Damian Maya who's as good on the ground. It, Tyron Woodley make one mistake in the first round and have uh, Maya on on his back, and it, it changes the fight completely. Like Maya, Maya, Maya might might be able to submit him, he might not. But 
uh, I definitely have to have to pick a heavy, uh, pretty big. I'll be pretty big on Tyron Woody to win that fight. To be honest, yeah. I'd be very surprised if Tyron Woody doesn't win the fight by knockout. To be honest, you know, Miles really good deserves the chance, but I just think he's a horrendous matchup for him. You know, as you said, he doesn't need to game down. Maybe he could get his back. You know, Maya is dangerous. I, I could see Maya getting on his back, but Tyron Woodley's a good defender as well. He's good, like he's good in all areas. As you said, the game plan is well. like he won that Wonder Boy fight the last, like, even though he probably lost. He won the fight because of his game plan. You know, and game plans can win you fights yeah. like that. And we have the physical attributes he has as well with that intelligence. That's very, very tough to beat. Yeah. Like Damian Maya, even when you drop him and you're ground and pounding him, it's dangerous. You got you got to be very careful trying to finish off Damian Maya on the ground because he just needs to get a hold of something and he'll he'll work that into into an advantageous position for himself. And he's happy to be on the bottom on on the ground. He, he thinks he's thinking in his head, oh, "I'll just turn this around now in a second. Like no better. I'll just reverse this position." So he definitely has roots to victory, but yeah, it's a it's a bad style matchup. Um, um, Woodley's such way better athlete, more explosive, uh, bigger puncher. Racist. Uh, <laughs> that's not racist. That's what <laughs> his attributes as a fighter. Uh, big puncher and a really good wrestler as well, and a really patient, um, good game planner. It, he's a tough man to beat, uh, Tyron Woodley for anybody to beat. But I think, um, I think maybe the man to beat, uh, Tyron Woodley is a, a really high level striker. Yeah. 100% agree. Right, let's get to some of these, fight, these other fights. Before we get to Alvarez and Poirier, and we have a bit to talk about that. Uh, Branch and Jocko, pretty terrible fight. I think yeah, most people had it uh, for Branch. Split decision was a bit weird there. As the split decision was My weird. My boy Dave, there. Branch. <laughs> your, your boy, yeah. My boy Jocko. Your boy Jocko. Oh, God. Jason Knight, really, really impressive against Chaz Skelly as well. I, I enjoyed that one. Good fight. Chase Sherman, Rashad, Coulter, but I wanted a... One yeah, of the most exciting, them too. Yeah. insane fights of the year. James Vick, very, very impressive. He's someone I'd, I'd love to see fighting Joseph Duffy. I think that'd be a good fight, but he's looking for someone in the top 10, top 15 now. I think he probably deserves it. Uh, Courtney Casey put on a good showing as well against Jessica Aguilar, who needs to fight in 105-pound division. Get that in. Uh, Barzola against Benitez. Very enjoyable fight. Yeah, we need that one. That's the one we need. But we'll, we'll talk about Can't that another fucking five divisions. Right, that, that's <laughs> the most one you need. Uh, I was very impressed with Gabriel Benitez touching McGregor's about him when he's powerful straight left, and he's you know he did what Yair Rodriguez should have done. He lost. He, he lost, but he on the ground he he did what Yair should have done. You know he was explosive, swept out, uh, got out every time. But Barzola was you know it was, I thought it was a very good fight. Two very high level guys. Uh, Barzola was just. You know, his forward pressure was just too much for him, pushing him up against the fence, landing strikes inside, and just won that one. And I was very impressed as well with uh, Anti Gad, as I like to call him Gad Zor Adam Mulmad Anti Gulav, or something like that. Very impressive. Another one of these, uh, I think he's Dagestani guys, just puts a guy down, just beats the shit out of him, uh, to win that fight. Any uh, go on, pick out one, give us 30 seconds on it, whatever. So, so called for you there. Um, yeah, the Chase Sherman, Rashad Coulter, mm -hmm. absolute brawl, uh, ridiculous. He, they're both so tired and both stunned and rocked, and oh, it was it was a ridiculous brawl. It was it was great crack. <laughs> I thought that's, that's, Coulter... the, that's the dream of for, for two guys you barely heard of on the undercard. Yeah. That's the dream fight. That's a dream I'm scenario. I'm like, sure oh, Rashad Coulter was the next Derek Lewis in the middle of that, like absolutely terrible. But we're just gonna <laughs> knock him out, <laughs> but he didn't. Fairness, chase one. That was that was a, a good fight. Right, your, your boy uh, Herb Dean had a great night as well. Oh, <laughs> Jesus Christ, Herb. 
uh, some people I don't understand some people with this this has got me fucking mad like okay we're talking about Eddie Alvarez doesn't worry if you didn't see it uh, it was actually a great fight until it happened the first round wasn't, wasn't great you know it was it was a bit of a back and forth but in the second round it got really really good uh, Poirier nearly knocked Alvarez out he was looking really slick actually he looked slick in the first round as well Alvarez didn't look great but um, he almost had Alvarez knocked out but Alvarez came back landed one big shot and him nearly knocked Poirier out well stunned him anyway didn't nearly knock him out but it was kind of going into a back and forth and then Alvarez was kind of taking over a little bit pushed Poirier against the fence um, it was one of those situations well, I was taking over he was still out in his feet I think a bit as oh, well he's a little bit cured. Uh, around that time when he when he actually stunned us and Barrier was it looked like he was about to fall it looked, it looked like it, it could have been all over but he just kept swinging back Eddie he, he, swinging for the fences and he caught Dustin with one of them and that obviously uh, gave Dustin a bit of pause and kind of gave Alvarez a little bit of time to recover but, yeah, but um, what happened what happened in the end was anyway um poor Alvarez pushed him against the fence let me let, I'm just getting up on the team give me two seconds and I'll just uh, show you right he has him up against the fence, right? He has kind of uh, uh, an overhook against his head. Poirier is against the fence. Alvarez is pushing him up against it. Uh, he lands one shot with Alvarez's hand down. Then Alvarez, are, uh, sorry, with Poirier's hand down. Then Poirier is on the ground. He has two hands on the ground. He has one knee on the ground, which is clearly a downed opponent. Alvarez is looking down. Clear view of his head, and he throws another knee, which actually, funnily enough, lands on the back of the head as I'm just watching it here, and knocks Poirier out and down to the ground. Herb Dean comes in. Herb Dean was standing there looking at it, saw exactly what happened, saw that it was illegal. He actually threw, threw definitely two two illegal kicks. The first one was borderline as well, but I think there was three in there, and knocked Poirier out. So a clear disqualification. Well, one of them one of them was you, you could, you could yeah. Herb Dean could come out and say, oh, he was playing the game. Uh, referees have told fighters in the past, oh, if you're playing the game, I'm not going to call it kind of thing. Uh, it's your own yeah. fault if you that. But the one where he had his knee down was clearly down. He had his hand and his knee down, and he he's looking straight at it. It's, um, if it's accidental, then it's not. A, maybe it it is accidental. he did it. His knee was down, and he fucking need him in yeah. the head. That's a disqualification. Yeah, it should have been a DQ, and it, yeah, it should have been a win for for Dustin Poirier. Oh, you should have been right. You should have been wrong, but you got saved. I'm good man, Herb. But yeah, it's, <laughs> it's disgraceful. Like this is a fucking no, no. disgrace. And for, for, hold on a second. For people to come out, for people to come out, is ridiculous. This this narrative that's coming out about the rule set causing this controversy or causing this, no rule set that MMA has had in the last fifteen years has allowed that in in yeah. unified rules. So I don't know what people are talking about there, trying to give them uh, people an out where they're they're. That's not the case. It, that was an illegal knee in the old rule set, which was in play uh, last night, and it's illegal in the new rule set. So there's nothing, there's no excuse to be had there. Yeah, people, people coming out. I think it's disgraceful. People coming out saying, "Oh, you know, you know, it could have been a no contest. We don't know. We do, you know, we don't like taking a win or a loss away from someone." What the fuck are you talking about? He clearly like that. That's bad for the sport. What you're saying there, you're you're basically saying we have rules, but we'll just ignore them because oh, this is going to be bad. He's going to have a loss. No, he should have a loss. Should it'll illegal lead, knee. Yeah, he needs a man the people, on the ground. It'll lead to people throwing illegal strikes to get out of losing as well. Like yeah. that. If say say that fight was probably was, was going against Eddie Alvarez, maybe he thought, oh, I can get myself a break here, or I can get myself a no contest here. He probably didn't. He probably didn't. He probably was concussed and in the moment it just happened but 
you, you leave that possibility there of fighters gaming the system in order to get out of, of losing or a fight that they think they may be on course of, to lose. And this, this intention thing as well. Right. He intended to knee him in the head. That, that was his intention. There was no other intention but to knee him in the head. And he kneed him in the head when he was down. So therefore, it's clearly illegal. You know. But, the, Intention shouldn't, it come, should shouldn't come into it. Yeah. Intention shouldn't come into it. You, you, you can't mind reading. Maybe like Eddie Alvarez could come out and argue if it went to like a disciplinary hearing or something like that. He could argue, oh, I was trying to name him in the shoulder or the body or I, I, whatever, unintentional. I was concussed at the time. I didn't know what was going on. Um, but it doesn't matter. It, like it was, it changed the whole fight. It changed everything. It was an illegal strike. It, it was a fight changing illegal strike. It shouldn't matter if it's intentional or unintentional. Um, it should have been a, it shouldn't have been a no contest. It should have been a DQ and a win for Parry. You broke up there for a second, but I think we're back. We're okay. But yeah, like I agree. Like if there's a player in soccer running through on goals, the box and someone takes him down, like they're, they're not intending to give away a penalty. Like, you know, people don't want, you don't want to get sent off. You don't want to give away a penalty, but it happens. You have to be penalized for it, you know, and fair enough. Like if it's an eye poke or something, you warn someone, if he does it again, you know, there's, there's levels of, of unintentional offsides. He's unintentional. Just let him up. Yeah. Like that's, ex you can't knee someone when they're down. And if you need someone when they're down, and they get knocked out, they can't fight on. That's a disqualification. Pure and simple. Her dean was 100% wrong. There's no argument here. And for people to come out and say, oh, I can see why Herb did that. You're wrong. You're just 100% wrong. And you saying this, let's Herb Dean do that again. This It's just fucking, it's awful. Like, the, the, the people are giving out, oh, the rule is bad. The rule is fucking there. It's in black and white. You know exactly what that rule is. You know, you can argue whether the rule Fair enough. The rule is there at the moment. And whether it's the old rules or the new rules, that was an illegal knee, as you said. Like someone, the rule confusion, is that, is that going to be the reason why uh, why this happens? Yeah, well, that was always the rule, unless you're fighting yeah. in fucking Asia for 1FC or something where, where they're le uh, legal down. Uh, uh, I just can't abide by it. I can't, I can't abide by it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it was in her being <sighs> a few incidents uh, over the last couple of years, and it seems to be getting more and more regular. Um, this maybe a couple of them may have been caused by by rule set things, but this one definitely wasn't. And uh, yeah, people shouldn't be bringing, shouldn't be making that excuse for him. I don't think he made that excuse himself. In fairness, I didn't see anything from him. But yeah. Um, Nobody seems to know the rules in the commentary booth. Mm -hmm. Rogan seems to was saying it was le the first one was legal, uh, was definitely legal, and uh, Rogan doesn't seem to know, and he causes even more confusion every time. Um, people need to brush up on the rules, especially the people who are uh, officiating the fights. Yeah, hundred percent. Right, let's move on. Uh, before we get to the press conference at the weekend, let's talk a little bit about this whole Bama thing. Uh, and this, uh, like, there was there was a couple of good fights on that Bama card. There was a the heavyweight, well, heavyweight world title was won by um, was won by again, Brett McDermott. Yeah, and a very good knockout. I thought um, good refereeing as well. I believe it was Mark Goddard uh, stopped the fight well, so that was good. But Aaron Chalmers is the one that we were going to talk about. Obviously, the Jordy Shore guy, and we won't say this in too long because uh, we're not we're not a gossip channel or anything like that. But um, I thought he actually fought well. But before we get to that, there was this whole weight issue and. Look, I, I got an email two days before the fight 
with the finalized card and it said Aaron, Ch- uh, Aaron Chalmers and his uh, his opponent were to fight at lightweight. So that that's fair enough. Comes out. Um, uh, they send out another email with the weigh-in results, and it's Aaron Chalmers at one seventy, and his opponent at one sixty-three point five, I believe. So that's a weight above Aaron Chalmers was. It was at welterweight when the email two days before said it was supposed to be a lightweight, and his opponent was you know halfway between lightweight and welterweight. There was, as far as I know, there was no explanation given. Aaron Chalmers came out afterwards and said that there was a mistake that he was always supposed to fight at welterweight. And, you know, Bama did make mis- this mistake a few weeks ago. So, you know, maybe it happened again uh, and maybe that was it. But, you know, the, the other guy agreed to fight the fight anyway. So what, what can you do, I suppose? What, what's your take on that? What do you think happened? Yeah, well, there's been a couple of mess up with the mess uh, mess up with the weights. Uh, James McAleen and Shea Walsh were given one was given a, a bantamweight, one was given a featherweight contract to fight each other, and they only realised a couple of days before the fight what was going on. And it's just it's just uh, needs to be sorted out. It's just it's just easy easy things to fix and stupid mistakes to make. Uh, if it is true that it was a mistake, but um, Aaron Chalmers said it, but he. Uh, we haven't heard an official line from from Bama or anything. I don't think, but uh, a pro debut, it, it, it's not that important. But it's you don't want this happening every every show and every second show. It, it's not a good look. It makes you look amateuristic. Yeah, amateurish, amateuristic, amateurish. Like I, I think this fight had had the potential to be a disaster, and after the win as well, and after or after the, the weight issue even more potential to be a disaster and I think the fight kind of had to deliver to save it a bit and to be honest I think it did I think it did save it um he didn't look bad like he looked like any normal pro making his debut at whatever you know whatever age he is someone that's you know that you'd see on any local tour and thing. He, he looked okay he can definitely throw a punch throw it's a hard kick. to know against your man that he was fighting though in fairness. Yeah, your man, the guy who's fighting was, was really really bad in fairness but Aaron Chalmers himself looked okay very novice on the ground obviously you know didn't look great at all but he looked he's obviously someone that's trained someone you know that's trained striking yeah. especially he looked okay on the ground well, your man your man uh, tapped at the first line of danger really didn't he he did he did yeah they called it a tko afterwards and then he called it a tko in an interview apparently someone said <laughs> so I'm not, I'm not sure what yeah, happened there but yeah it, it looked like a submission in americana i believe or a camorra one of them but yeah he like the way he um he got into kind of a, a crucifix at uh, one edge, trapped the hand i thought he looked good you know he he yeah. got into ha- um half guard or, or uh, sorry side control at one stage and then he kind of got a headlock and started hitting him and the other dude could definitely have just taken his back there so that was you know a very very bad mistake obviously and the other person i think he's basically a kickboxer or something is he and uh he got taken down very easily as well you know it wasn't i don't think so no. I mean, like it wasn't a good fight if you yeah. saw it in the ufc you'd say jesus what are these two guys doing but on a local show there was nothing wrong with it you know it wasn't you know it wasn't terrible at all they both knew how to you know how to fight basically especially especially charmers and i was okay with it anyway yeah, and Tim Tim Burnett against Mario Saeed, another great win for Tim Burnett. Yeah, he overcame a bit of adversity as well. It wasn't all smooth sailing, but uh, he gets uh, the finish again with the TKO in the first round. He's a he's a finisher. I think he's finished all his opponents in the first round now, five and zero, uh, including Reese McKee, and is uh, at the very end of the first round when they fought the last time. Uh, obviously Reese McKee uh, had a few tr- troubles with his uh, rehydration and his weight cut and stuff, but that Tim Burnett went out and beat uh what was in front of him in the first round again so and he's done it again here 
Um, so fair play to him. Uh, Yannick Bahahi with another Bahahi with an, uh, Bahati with another uh, belt, another Bama world title, as as you love <laughs> to say. <laughs> Two eight world world champion uh, now. Black Mamba, he's he's taking over Franz Malambo's nickname. Big fan of Severe and made that man as well, isn't he? Yeah, he's tags us and everything. <laughs> <laughs> Every time I go on the Instagram, that's just him and the whole filling up the whole thing. But fair play to him, it was a good win, yeah. And he also that card. Yeah, Terry so Brazier, Terry Brazier got a got a bulldog choke, which is uh, always nice to see a bulldog choke. Mm-hmm. Um, Kay Walsh got a got a win over Aaron Blackwell, uh, who. Uh, Likes to circle away from people. Uh, oh, that dude, yeah. Philpot called uh, him out as well after that yeah. as well. Joy Herbert mm-hmm. got a win over uh, Rick as well. Rick uh, Savarja. That's a terrible butchering. Um, a guy who lost to uh, Mark Giacchese back in... Mark Giacchese back in uh, Bama when he won his first title. Uh, Daniel Crawford looked very good against Ronnie Mann. He just ran through Don, uh, Ronnie Mann in the first round. He's in, uh, I think, 9 or 10 and 1 now. Yeah. Anything else? Go on. Uh, Keen Cowley. Oh yeah, Keen. Oh yeah, she's another forgot. Very. Uh, he he put up something. I think it was on Instagram or somewhere. He looked very disappointed, and I think he'd be he'd be very disappointed. You know, I was obviously Keen's a unbelievable, very good striker, but he got taken down again, and you know, just beaten very easily on the ground. Um, and he got choked out with a rear naked choke. It was, you know, very disappointing. Obviously, SPG student, he's put in a lot of work. He's 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 not doing MMA that long, is he? Maybe a year or something. But yeah, obviously, he, you know, he's taken down the fence ground game. Still has a long, long way to go. You know, and if he can keep the fight in the feet, he's going to be trouble for anyone. But he still definitely has a long way to go. But yeah, fair play to, yeah, fair play to David Calza. He's a main pro debut as well, and he he was yeah, a, a King Cody was a nine or ten to one uh, uh, favorite in that fight with the bookies that the the prices I saw on Betbright. So um, fair play to him. Like uh, take nothing away from him. He got the job yeah, done. 100%. He managed to avoid uh, King Cody's game, which is uh, which is uh, he, he made it look easy, but obviously it's a. Uh, Easier said than done. You, you could eat one big strike, and that could be the end of you. So he, fair play to him. That's a that's a pro debut over over a named. Obviously, King Cowley needs needs to put some more some more rounds in on the ground, or maybe maybe do some um, some more jiu-jitsu tournaments and uh, get more comfortable there. And it's still a very early days in MMA for him. So yeah, back to back to some some grappling tournaments. I say probably the probably what Keen will do. Yeah, you hear like um, what's his name? The the Australian kickboxer John Wayne Parr. He always spoke about you know when he tried MMA. You know, it, it's very very tough for guys like that to try. You know, you saw it with Wonderboy as well early in his career. You know, very very hard, and you know, it takes a long long time when you're used to striking. When you know, you have to also. It's not just learning the ground game. It's altering your striking for MMA, you know, and that that's tough to do. And, it, you know, when you're not doing, maybe he's doing what, maybe over a year, and he's probably doing it 18 months, maybe two years at this stage. And, uh, you know, Rome wasn't built in a day, as I say, and I, he'll definitely be back, you know, I, I'm on the feet, he's, he's going to be a, uh, be tough for anyone but uh right let's move on yeah, joe, joe Schilling's a good example of a kickboxer coming over and he, he ends up getting knocked out by uh by a, a non-striker in mma mm-hmm. so it's, it's a different game you got a lot of things to worry about that you didn't have to worry about in in kickboxing it's maybe harder to, in in muay thai and kickboxing it's easier to let your shots go because you don't have to worry about the takedowns and obviously you're more comfortable because you've uh, more experience there 
but that'll come with time and yeah it's very early days obviously pro debut for both guys so yeah right let's move on to bellator we'll talk about the ufc press conference in a in a second but let's talk about bellator first london guard coming up this weekend and before we get to the actual card itself there was two big happenings over the last week uh first thing we talk about is michael villain page who is pulled out of his fight again, injured against uh, Derek Anderson, I believe. Um, didn't hear, did you hear what the injury was? I didn't hear what it was yet. Um, no, I can't remember. Yeah, I suppose it's kind of irrelevant anyway. He's pulled out. Big blow for the card, especially with a welterweight fight in you know in the main event. He could have been fighting one of them next, you know, in a big fight. Um, you know, big. Obviously, I, I have an article coming out there in Shardog uh, in the week and talking about how this is a big card for you know the UK market, especially coming after the likes of Joshua and stuff. You know, combat sports is hot in them at the moment in the UK, and this is a very very good card uh, with very good headliner now anyway, and a, and a couple of good fights throughout it, but. Would you agree MVP is a big loss but one of the biggest up-and-coming stars in England? Yeah, definitely a big loss. Uh, time's starting to really uh, pass by. On uh, He's not a young prospect anymore. He's in his 30s now and he still hasn't fought anybody that uh, has got anybody very excited. And this was kind of going to be his uh, his biggest stage yet and maybe his breakout. But uh, obviously he's injured and it's going to have to be rescheduled or he's going to have to get another fight. So I think it's... Uh, he's not as young as maybe people think and so i think it's a big blow it's a big blow to bellator as well um putting him in the highlight reels is is a is a is a good selling point that they now they now have to remove but um they still have some some big fights at the top of the card that, that will sell like Roy mcdonald is, is very well known uh worldwide like lee mcgeary and linton vassell is a good scrap as well czech congo everybody knows czech congo so they have um what uh kevin ferguson jr uh what they call him baby slice on the card as well so there's a bit of a uh bit of the shine off kimbo there and a bit of a bit of a freak show fight there um yeah uh, it's it's not ideal but it's it's not the end of the world it wasn't like this was the main event and the only fight on the card and everything else was uh was lower level they have some fights to fall back on including paul daly versus Roy mcdonald which which isn't a bad fight to fall back on at all um, looking down the card, uh, Nathan Bagantag Jones is is, uh, is fighting as well. Neil Grove is heavyweight, is out of retirement again for about the, the tenth time. I think he's <laughs> retired many many a time. Uh, he's fighting uh, Parobeck, so uh, the heavyweights are always fun. Um, it's definitely a loss, but it's, it's it, it could have been worse. <clears throat> a lot of cards, a lot of Bellator cards in the past, maybe would have suffered more because. Uh, they're, they they wouldn't have a backup like like Roy McDonald and Paul Daly there, uh, ready to go. I think the biggest fuck up that Bellator made uh, coming into this card and Spike TV as well was tweeting out that this card was going to be live on Channel Five and Spike TV UK, and then deleting that tweet and a day later saying it's going to be on tape today yet again. Just yeah. I actually saw that tweet and I, I instead of retweeting it, I messaged one of the Bellator PR guys saying. It's just a mistake. I told you the message. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember that. I was like, I took a screenshot of it. I was like, this is not real. But you, uh, like, I still go, oh, this is great. You know, because praise them. Fair enough. They, they put it up. It's real. You know, this is great. And yeah, then I knew. I, I actually knew. I knew it wasn't well. real. Yeah, I knew as well. It would, it would have been a bigger announcement. It would have been a press release, not just a random tweet with a with a black screen video of a minute long of black yeah. screen. You know, it, it just it just it, it had a mistake written all over but you, you, the fans have been calling for this for so long you don't want to tell mm. them 
oh, I'm giving you this thing you've been waiting years for, and then go, actually, sorry, no, that was a mistake. Yeah. Like Bellator, everyone wants them to succeed. You know, they're taking on Irish fighters, they're taking on English fighters, they're putting on great events over here. Everyone wants them to succeed. They have they have the fans, the hardcore fans in Ireland and England and the other part, you know, other parts of the UK with England, um, in the palm of their hand. They, they have it. And they just won't take it. They won't grasp it. You know, they need to get on TV. They need to get on YouTube. You you, you just have to do it. Get Spike.com, Bellator.com. Put these fights on them. You'll drive, put uh, advertising on it. You'll make money out of it. Bellator Facebook. Just stick them on the Bellator Facebook. Exactly. You need that about it. Dave, Bama is on Dave. Why couldn't you be on Dave? You know, Spike- see, we're, we're on Facebook for years, putting their fight yeah. pass prelims on their own on their own Facebook channel. It grows their reach uh, on Facebook as well. People liking the page in order to watch the stream. Uh, just um, like not not putting, uh, I think it was Bellator one seventy seven, the Brian the one Brian Moore fought on. Yeah. Not putting not putting that on TV online anywhere at all. Just it makes so little sense to me. I don't know what the thinking is. It's madness. It's just insanity. It's hurting you everywhere. You know, you, your promotion itself will grow. The fans will grow. The fighters will grow. It, it, it's helping you everywhere. And you can't just put it on YouTube at the undercard. Like, well, what, what's the difference going to make? Like, this, okay, the main card, fair enough. That's Spike exclusive, fair enough. Why can't you put the undercard on, on YouTube? You know, you're, you're recording them anyway. We saw they put up a tiny little clip of Brian Moore's fight. I don't know where the rest of the fight is, but they, they obviously recorded the fight. You know, how much is it going to cost them? They're already recording it. Just put it on YouTube, stream it. You know, tiny yeah. promotions can do it. You know, terrible promotions that are losing money can do it. World Series of Fighting can even do it. You know, I put it up on their website and people are going to watch it. I, I just can't understand it. I just... Yeah, Bama, Bama, yeah. Bama streamed theirs on Facebook. It, the stream died at the end, but it was going for hours. Another thing about the Bama thing as well, um, why wasn't the Aaron Chalmers uh, fight live? Why was that on tape delay? Yeah, I don't know. It's just weird. <laughs> it is. It is just weird. Uh, like yeah, some of the decisions that are made in in, in uh, MMA, even in the UFC, are just just mind boggling. Yeah, the, the thing is, all well, is they're talking about the watershed, which like one FC is on at eleven o'clock in the morning. So I don't know how it's not allowed on before the watershed. And you know, there's been plenty cage warriors. The UFC have all been on before before the watershed, as far as I know. Um, but what FC definitely is anyway. But even if it's not right. Do, do this. You're, you, you say your main card starts. You say a four car, a fight main card, right? Uh, or they have a five a fight main card. They have Alex Lahore against Dan Edwards. I think Kimbo Slice Jr. Ken, Kevin Ferguson Jr. against uh, DJ Griffin. Fine. Have those fights, right? And check Congo as well. Have all those three fights, right? Then come live. Have the Liam McGeary Linton Vassell fight live. Have the Paul Daly Rory McDonald fight live. And then play the other three fights after it. You know, like like um, Bama did. I'm okay with that. I, I find nothing wrong with that. You know, they had a few fights live. Just do that and, and have the other fights after. You know, it's kind of weird, but you'd rather watch two fights live than every fight on tape today when you already saw the results on on um, on Twitter. Like, there's probably people from Severe May going to be there. I'm, I'm sure Stephen lads are going. There's going to be people from, you know, from Bellator tweeting out the results. Probably the MMA Junkie might have someone there. You know, they're going to be up and they're going to be ruined and people are you know people might not bother tuning in or might say uh, might go in at eight o'clock oh i see uh, ronnie mcdonald versus paul daly's fight now I'll, I'll go in and see it oh it's not on yet oh, what's this well it's not on oh, it mustn't be on tv at all and they're, you know they're just not going to watch it that's what's going to happen like so 
Yeah. Just on a less on a less frustrating note, uh, the over under on uh, fouls by Czech Congo, uh, two or over under. Under, I'd say. I think he'll just probably take the dude down and hold him down for for the whole fight. He'll probably knee him in the balls at least a couple of times, though. Yeah, maybe. Before we get on to before we get away from Bellator, uh, I, I'd fancy McGeary against Clinton Vassell. Would you fancy him as well? Um, yeah, I would, but uh, Linda Vassell is, is dangerous early, um, and um, at, at, at weight classes, the high weight classes, anything, anything can happen. But yeah, you'd ha- you have to be the favorite, or uh, Liam McGeary would have to be the favorite. Yeah, and Rory McDonald against Paul Daly is obviously a very good fight as well. But you'd have to. Rory McDonald, uh, Paul Daly's always struggled against uh, people who can wrestle well and who can get him down. And he, even even when they uh, maybe can't get him down one hundred percent of the time, he his striking kind of uh, becomes more reserved when uh, when the threat mm-hmm. of the takedown is there. So as long as Rory McDonald fights to a game plan that's a uh, grapple that has. Uh, a bit of a few takedowns and a bit of grappling in it, I think uh, he'll win the fight. If he tries to strike, uh, tries to fully uh, strike with uh, Paul Daly exclusively, then he could run into trouble. But I, I doubt he'll do that. He's a he's a smart fighter. Yeah, I think uh, I think Rory beat him on the feet as well, and I think he's just too long and his jab is too good. Daly's dangerous yeah. as well, but I, th- I think he beats him. An easier, easier route, uh, least resistance to go um, to go to the ground. I think with, with Daly, or to at least threaten that or establish a bit of a takedown uh, game uh, to limit his striking. Yeah, I agree. All uh, right, let's get on to the UFC press conference, and we'll we'll keep this brief enough because there's a lot of things we'll be talking about the next few weeks. Yo, mama. Uh, yeah, what do you what do you think about that? The whole Carmia and Jones. Uh, here, uh, before you let me go, I have another rant to come. A lot of rants here today. Does the people seem to be overly friendly with Daniel Carmia? I don't know what it is. You know, just I know he works in the media and stuff. I thought it was absolutely disgraceful that interview he gave with you know the kind of the scrum saying the, to the the guy from Fox Sports, "You work with me. You're my friend. Do you not see what's going on? Do you not see like why are you doing that? Like." You shouldn't be doing that to a reporter. He should, like, let him do his job. Why are you putting him under pressure like that? You know, he's not the one that's supposed to be giving his opinions in, in that situation. You are. You know, he's uh, like questioning reporters like that. And I don't know when he does that once, is he doing that a lot of the time? Like, is he trying to make uh, loads of reporters his friends? He's and like that? In public, what's he, what's he going to do behind the scenes? Exactly. Will he confront people about picking against him or about saying things that, that he didn't like? I don't know. Maybe that's that's one thing. But a lot of, a lot of the media seem to seem to be uh, overhyping Daniel Cormier. Maybe maybe they're just they're friends with him and it is easy to be, to be swayed by things like that. But uh, yeah. Uh, Daniel Daniel Cormier got destroyed by John Jones, in my opinion, yeah. verbally. Um, yeah, but a lot of a lot of the media seem to be trying to play the other the other narrative. Yeah, when, like I think when Daniel Cormier is kind of by himself, or you know, when he's on at UFC tonight or on the broadcast or whatever, and can have his own time, and Jones isn't there making him mad, he's really good. Like I uh, like as a as a pro wrestling fan, I think you know even at the end of the press conference when he did his his Bobby Roode thing, I thought that was funny, but. If he did that on its own, it'd be great. If he like he does on UFC tonight or whatever, and uh, you know wherever he does it. But the fact that for the hour before that, John Jones had just been completely taking the piss out of him, absolutely destroying him in the best conference. Even though the, like the, the crowd there, someone was saying it's a very uh, wrestling, as in like Kale Sanderson type of wrestling oriented crowd. So they were very pro Daniel Carmia. Like everything that actually happened in reality, with you know the words expressed by both people, just John Jones destroyed him. Like I beat you after a weekend of cocaine. Like there's no coming, there's no coming back. <laughs> there was absolutely no. But Daniel Carmia is like, I thought you already did it once. I thought you already did it once. It's yeah. like he's. 
he's clearly just slagging the shit out of you. Come on, like. yeah. And like Jones bringing up the belt as well, and like Cormier being held back to gun up. It was just, it was a masterclass from Jones. It was like you're Annie and Jacek, really. Like Jones just, it was too easy for him, I thought. And then that was why it was very strange when uh, the media, some of the media were trying to say the, the opposite, but um. Yeah, it seems to it seems to seem to me to be very similar to the previous times where uh, John Jones got the better of him verbally, but yeah. um, Daniel Cormier kind of trying to play the I don't need John Jones uh, mm-hmm. card, but he actually does need John Jones, and he, I think he knows he needs John Jones because he uh, he he got embarrassed by John Jones at several press conferences, and he got beaten comprehensively by John Jones as well, and a lot of people, even though he's John Jones has since uh, been popped by USADA. Uh, people are still unhappy with the way uh, John Jones's belt was taken away from him before uh, the whole USADA incident, uh, and that <clears throat> that is affecting Daniel Cormier. So he needs he needs to beat John Jones if he wants to uh, to be seen as the the true champion in, in most people's eyes. I think this harkens back as well to the point I made in the podcast a few weeks ago that. Uh, you know, Daniel Cormier, a lot of his fans aren't real Cormier fans. They're anti-Jones fans, if you know what yeah. I mean. Like, you know, and I think that's why even when Cormier gets destroyed, it's been destroyed by John Jones. So they're not going to say, you know, that Jones won it. They're not, you know, anyone I think with a, an unbiased view of that is going to say Jones won because he clearly did. But if you hate Jones, you know, if you're a Cormier fan, you're going to, you know, you're going to look at it that way. Like if me and you, I make excuses for Man United all the time. You do the same for Liverpool. Like every game Liverpool loses, the referees fall. You know, that's just natural. That's what the way fans are like. <laughs> but <laughs> don't, don't, don't get started now. That's just it. <laughs> but I think that's it anyway. But, uh, yeah, like Jones said something about his kids, but he said it in. Oh yeah, he tweeted it out. Um, how what are you going to tell your kids? How are you going to tell your kids you're the you're the baddest man on the planet? Uh, when John Jones beat you or something, something along those lines, which is how are you, you going to explain to your kids that you're the champion when I beat you? Yeah, or you never beat me <laughs> yeah, or something yeah, like that. Yeah, which is a cold-hearted John Jones thing, but yeah, it's a little bit below the belt, but. You know, I don't. I don't know if it is like uh, this yeah. whole thing about like oh, uh, like comments like that being. It's 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 what are you going to tell your kids? It's not a direct. It's not like yeah. your kids are ugly or your kids are stupid or your kids yeah. are whatever. Your kids aren't your kids, like or whatever. It's not that. It's 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 ask Daniel Cormier. Uh, more than that, the kids. The kids are just involved. They're just. Uh, they're they're not the point that. John Jones is making. He's just trying to wind up Cormier, and he knows that'll wind up Cormier. And then Cormier gets wound up. So John Jones has been successful in his attempt to wind up Daniel Cormier. <laughs> Daniel Cormier's best line was saying John Jones was sandblasting prostitutes, which made yeah. <laughs> no sense, but was just hilarious. Which as well is like, oh yeah, you, you said don't go for my family, and then you said John Jones was having sex with prostitutes. Like, oh, is that not exactly yeah. going after his family as well? Like, so yeah, I don't know. It's a bit weird. Like people say motherfucker all the time. It's not you're not going after the guy's mum. It's just a, it's just you're going after the guy. It's like you know, it, Kevin Lee and uh, Michael Chiesa incident, like. Kevin Lee didn't even. He said like, "Oh, your 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 mom's got your mother's got or your your mama's got tickets or or, or whatever, something like that, it, not, something innocuous." And then he's going mad and strolling over like, "Don't ever say anything about my mother." And then he gets punched in the face and yeah. um, 
I, I like yeah, it's pretty funny. The thing I think what since is over, like Kiesa's father died, and it's well publicized, and a lot of people know it. So I'm sure he's very protective over his mother. And then he but said, it wasn't even, uh, "I know it wasn't bad and yeah. bad, but you know people fly off the handle." But I thought Kevin Lee was a <laughs> was a laughing stock. I'm not trying. The, the, like the third word out of his mouth was Conor McGregor. It's like I'm not trying to be like Conor McGregor, and no one even asked you if you're trying to be like him. You're just you're clearly are because you said you're not like and dressed like a fucking idiot. Oh my god. I think it worked for him, though. I think it worked for him. It was embarrassing. You know, you can be so bad that it can work, and I agree. I think it did. I think it worked. Like, what did he said something at one stage, and I was like, I just died with cringe. Like, it was was so, (laughs) so bad. Like, but that's good for him. Like, if you get people talking just about how bad you are. He had a couple of good lines as well, didn't he? He goes, You got knocked out by a a grappler or something, or a jiu jitsu (laughs) guy or something. He, he, yeah, there was was a bit of back and forth there. Like, it's definitely building up for for an interesting fight there. Uh, But, um, yeah, Kevin Lee was, uh, it was a bit, it was a bit ridiculous. Uh, I think uh, everybody in the press conference, except for Weidman and uh, Gaslam, were uh, (laughs) on the, the McGregor, um, McGregor uh, flavor, Monster Energy. Nunes, Nunes, and uh, who was she fighting? Shevchenko was the funniest because Shevchenko yeah. was trying to trap. Why do I Nunes was trying to punch her, and then it's like, no, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't. It was like everybody just saw it. Like, <laughs> we just saw it. she punched me first, and no, she didn't. <laughs> no, no, no we just saw it. It was right there. It was like, yeah. uh, okay. Um, Gunnar Nelson against Serge Santiago Ponzinibbio. I nearly caught him fucking Serge yeah. again. I don't know. Did you, did you see that? Open the website, yeah, Twitter, yeah, yeah, Facebook, yeah, yeah. Sergio. The, UR, the URL for the for the post <laughs> yeah. is still Sergio. <laughs> no one even called me out in it, so I blame them more than me. At least I realized but it. Nobody, nobody else probably knew his first name either. Yeah. Just a disappointing fight for me. Do you agree? Um, yeah, well, I was hoping Gunnar would get a named rank or a bigger named, uh, higher ranked guy. But Ponzinibbio is a, an exciting fighter. He, yeah, good he's fight. really good on, on the feet. He's cleaned up his takedown defense a lot, and its grappling's gotten a lot better over the years. And he's a heavy hitter. He's a big guy for for one seventy as well. So it's no stone in the park. But uh, yeah, it's a bit of a. It's not really the matchup uh, people were hoping for. People were talking Wonder Boy uh, for Gunnar Nelson and stuff. It's definitely not Wonder Boy anyway in terms of excitement and uh, ranking and uh, the reward of of beating uh, Santiago Ponzinibbio isn't isn't really it kind of leaves Gunnar Nelson in the same place he is. Yeah, yeah, it's just a disappointing one all around. Like I think it's a very very good fight actually. Like if this was. You know, if this was on the undercard of a of a, a pay per view or something, I'd say, oh yeah, very good card. You know, or very good fight. But as a headliner, I don't know. I'm just a little bit disappointed with it. And uh, I don't. But we we'll talk about it more anyway as it comes closer. Uh, TJ Dillashaw against Cody Garbrandt looks like it's uh. going to be off. Cody Garbrandt injured his back, and I've kind of been in denial about this for the last week because I love that fight so much. But it be, <laughs> if it doesn't, if it doesn't happen, what do you think they do with Hopefully that German, German, whatever that place yeah. in Germany is that is sort of out with some mad blood or something? Mm-hmm. PRPT saves saves lives. Cinema sort of to Dev Musgrave, he's I sent him out. But any interest in TJ against DJ? I definitely have interest in it, but I don't think DJ is that interested in it. Uh, I, I when I saw that I was like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" God, D, DJ, I love him. He's the best fighter in the world ever, but he doesn't do himself any favors, does he? Jesus Christ, he just be like TJ just destroyed John Lineker, who was who, if he was still at one twenty five, he'd be the top contender now. You know, he'd probably have fought uh, DJ if he could make weight. 
and he's beaten loads of other good guys. Like, come on, he, if he can make one twenty five, he should definitely get a title shot without a shadow. He probably, wants, he probably wants to get that one more. To, yeah, needs one more to beat Anderson Silva's record, does he? Or did he already? Yeah, beat? no, he needs one more. He's he's now. Yeah, he probably wants to do that first. But if a big fight, like a big quote super fight, a lot of people thought uh, TJ beat Dominic Cruz, so he's definitely uh, at the top level, uh, the upper echelon of the one thirty five division. Um, it's a sellable fight. Uh, people have been saying, oh, why aren't they pushing this guy? Or why aren't people getting behind Demetrius Johnson? Well, this is the kind of thing people will get excited about and get behind, but he doesn't seem all that interested. Um, it's a strange one. Yeah, 100%. Right, let's get on to the questions. And we're going to talk about Dana White's fight night thing in a second. We have a question about that, so we'll get to that. Uh, Mr. Podge, at one, Mr. Podge. Uh, he quotes a tweet with Kelvin Gastelum in it after his ban. He was given, I believe, a three-month ban or something, but obviously he's going to be fighting um, uh, Chris Weidman. And he said, is there, anything to, <laughs> is there anything to say on the subject? And he says, is it ironic that Vitor lost a, Vitor lost the win bonus? It? It, was, it was changed to no contest. Uh, but yeah, v- Vitor fighting in... in, uh, in uh, Gastelum beat Vitor, though. Yeah, but it was made in no contest. Was, oh, oh, yeah, he did, yeah. But So Gastelum would have lost the, the bonus, probably. Yeah. Not Vitor. Okay. Yeah, I, I, that makes no sense. But, but uh, anyway, um, Gastelum lost his win against Vitor, I, I presume is what he's saying, in Brazil for smoking a little bit of weed. I know you're a big weed advocate. Uh, well, so, if the rule is you're not allowed to yeah. eat your snot, then don't eat your snot. Like, <laughs> it's a stupid rule, but it is. until it's removed, just... Like the, the the levels that they allow you to have are pretty high. Uh, you just need to stop a few days before before fight week. Um, it's it's just a it's just a stupid error that will that cost them a win. And but at least it only cost them three months, which is basically a no ban at all because it just stops you taking a short notice fight right after your fight, which you probably wouldn't have done anyway. So it makes no difference. The only difference is, uh, I didn't. I don't know if he did lose his bonus. I, I'm not sure. But if that tweet is, if that tweet uh, is right, and he did lose his bonus, then obviously 50 G's is a big hit. But uh, to Kevin, somebody like Kevin Castellum, but uh, he's he's got another big fight lined up, and uh, he's lucky to get away with only three months. So I'd say kind of lucky and be smarter about when he stops smoking the next time. But yeah, they should get rid of the rule. But when the rule's there, you got to follow the rule. So hello, sorry, I was muted. <laughs> Second time I did it. My bad, I'm back. Okay. Another question from one Mr. Podge. Um a big talking point this week, GSP against Bisping uh was cancelled by Dana White and you is getting the next shot. He says anyway, but well he Dana White did say it. Mr. Don't Podge believe asks, lies. Do you think it'll ever happen? I'm on your boat. I I don't believe him. I I still think Bisping against GSP is happening. Uh, like from the start, you have to say what Dana White said, but then Dana, Dana White's gone full Don, full Donald Trump. Like a few weeks ago, he says about only believe what the UFC reports to you, and then what was the thing that happened last week that was totally wrong? Oh yeah, John Jones was given a main event after they said he'd never be in a main event again. Oh, the fighter um, one twenty five pound women thing. Yeah. And now this, which I'm not sure is one hundred percent either. I think they will end up fine. What did your guy tell you? I think it's uh, they're trying to put pressure on GSP to fight earlier, and I think they should because GSP seems to be ah oh, we'll fight whenever next year the year after whatever, so you you can't let that go on forever. But um, Yo Romero won't be happy when he finds out that uh, he's been used as a pawn if if that is what's happening, and 
but uh, maybe GSP will. He's a kind of man. He's his own man. Maybe he'll decide. Uh, Grand, take it away. I'll fight somebody else, or maybe he won't bow down to the UFC and fight when they want him to fight. So uh, I'd say it's a squeeze. The UFC putting the squeeze on GSP to to fight earlier than he wants to. Yeah, I 100% agree with that. I think that's exactly what they're doing. They're struggling to fight a fight, fight a find a fight for international fight weekend. They need to be going like that. Uh, Farrell Connolly asks, "Who's the right fight for Paddy Pimlet when he makes his return?" Uh, the Sprawl reported that the Cage Warriors are going back to Liverpool in October or something like that. So that might be uh, it, but that's not being confirmed by anyone. So uh, I presume it'll be there. Any any uh, any idea who she fight? Well, hmm. The Brendan Lachnane fight will be great, but it's 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 I wouldn't advise Paddy to take that fight at the moment. Uh, coming off that loss, uh, you want to get a rebound fight, maybe somebody, uh, somebody a little easier, a little easier competition to get to get back in the flow of things. He's still very young. There's no rush. Uh, uh, if he wants to to take a bit of time out, uh, sort out a few things, maybe. Um, Close a few holes in his game, and and then kind of fight a, a warm up fight uh, when he does decide to come back. But if this Liverpool show has been announced, then maybe he's going to fight on that. That'd be a quick enough turnaround. So uh, the Brendan Lock Nine fight would definitely sell Manchester versus Liverpool. Mm-hmm. We we know all about that. We do, we do. In fairness, Mr. Podge asked about Norman Park, who announced that he's going to retire after his next fight uh, this week, and he also Norman yeah. had a tweet about. <laughs> Yeah, that's my thoughts exactly. He also had a tweet about um, he got fined fifty percent by Bama for missing weight uh, against um, fifty. That's what he says anyway. So Bama fined me fifty percent for missing when most of it was their fault, and this guy here gets nothing. I presume that was about Aaron Chalmers, who uh, fought a welterweight in the the spot that was supposed to be a lightweight. Uh, we spoke about that earlier, but. Well. Yeah. Yeah. Not, um, not as stupid as it is, a guy who has uh, seven fights in the UFC or whatever it is, and isn't as popular as uh, a guy who's on Geordie Shore uh, in casual fans' eyes. That's just the way it is. Uh, but yeah, Norman Park. Um, I'd be very surprised if that was a firm. He what? He's like thirty years old, is he? And um, I'd be very surprised if he was retired. I think he's just uh, not enjoying the game at the moment. Maybe uh, after this fight, a little bit time away. Uh, from the game would be the best for him to just uh, it, it seems like my, the, the whole going to the gym everything about it has become a bit of a job instead of a passion for him since uh, since he got cut from the UFC uh, harshly cut from the UFC um, so maybe a bit of time off is actually the best thing for Norman but uh, I don't expect this to be the last fight we ever see from Norman Park I yeah, I definitely don't see that. Especially if he wins, you know, he said it after the Reds are fight that he just wasn't putting in the effort that he wanted to put in and stuff. And you know, if he, if he wins this fight, that could all change. And you know, Norman's a tough fight for anyone. I don't care what anyone says. You know, he's, you know, he's a, yeah, he's good everywhere. He like, a, yeah. He's a horrible style matchup uh, for a lot of people. Like yeah. grinding style, good judo base, good wrestling, good striking. He's good everywhere, and he knows how to take the fight into. The best realm for for him to win it. Um, he's he's a smart fighter in that way, and he's definitely a test for for up and coming fighters. But he doesn't seem he doesn't seem happy with with this, and you can see where he's coming from because mm-hmm. maybe a lot of people didn't like Norman Park, uh, uh, like they weren't getting excited about Norman Park's fighting style, or they weren't looking for the next Norman Park interview or the next Norman Park interview uh, article interview or whatever. But um, 
I think people generally agreed that he he was him being cut from the UFC was very harsh and that shouldn't have happened. Um, and um, I think that that stung him a little bit. And I don't think it sounds like I don't know this for a fact or anything. I haven't been talking to him about it, but it sounds like that's a that still eats at him. Yeah, I agree. Andy Hall says if a mass brawl broke out between all the fighters at the presser the last day, who would be the last one standing? Um, Lockstock, Steve, the bodyguard. <laughs> no, uh, I like that fella. Um, hmm, let me just think who was there. Who was there again? John Jones, Daniel Carmier, uh, Kevin Lee, uh, Michael Kesa, Chris Weidman. Uh, Is there any filthy lads who might be a bit a bit street? Might have a might have a knife handy. Nick Diaz would probably come in and just like knock out a few lads and just run up the steps and start giving middle fingers down to everyone else. Carolina would be like the the ninja in The Simpsons that comes along and just yeah. beats everybody up. Yeah, that'd be class. Right, uh, Nick Diaz, Chase the Vanilla Gorilla Sherman. Thoughts on his this ama- his amazing fight and on his amazing nickname. I, I was very um, impressed with him. It was got a great fight and he was good crack in the in the interviews. <laughs> well. Yeah, no, fairness as I said earlier, like for a random prelim, it's as good as you could hope for. Yeah, 100%. Uh, Sean Dini at Bob underscore Loblaw underscore 75. Did Neil Siri only take the Glasgow fight to get the free, free Reebok gear? Yeah, I'd say, uh, <laughs> I'd say he, uh, I'd say he's got loads of Reebok gear. I'd say he's been, he's been siphoning off, uh, everything. I'd say, I'd say you can't put down a piece of Reebok anywhere near the series without them nabbing it up. Yeah, but, uh, fight anyway? it's very difficult. It's very difficult for uh, uh, somebody like Siri because he has to buy uh, kids gear. It's it's, uh, it's a bit <laughs> embarrassing. So uh, he doesn't like going into in the shops. I think <sighs> you're a great man. <laughs> He's he looks like me, Neil Siri. Some prick that fella. What what you is like everybody in Yeah, it's good to see him having one last fight, though, isn't it? He's who's he fighting again? Um, yeah, Pantoja though. Fucking hell, this is a, this is no easy fight. This guy beat Brandon Moreno, your boy. Uh, on the Ultimate Fighter, he he beat him pretty comprehensively. Um, before Moreno was in the UFC, obviously he lost on the, the Ultimate Fighter and got a late notice fight against Smolka. Um, yeah, this, he won his uh, debut in the UFC by uh, decision. I think it was, it was uh, I can't remember if it was a split, but I remember it being very close, very close decision anyway. But um, yeah, I think uh, it's not really the name that, that Ian McCall, it's not the big marquee name that he was looking to go out on before, but it's uh, it's an exciting fight. I think uh, Neil Siri w- w- would rather uh, lose an exciting fight than win a really boring fight. So yeah. I think uh, this will definitely deliver an exciting fight either way, no matter who wins. Yeah, it's on the Glasgow card as well, and uh, I'd be wearing my hashtag Team Pantoja t-shirt that night anyway, so it should be fun. Um, is there didn't get a laughter? Why is my brilliant joke for fuck's sake? No, fair play, fair play to Neil series. Always been a great servant, Irish man. Uh, <laughs> nice to see him going out. And, uh, I, I'm just gonna stop there. I don't mean any of that. He's a new prick. Uh, Shane Kiley at Shane K S E eighty five. Is there one buzzword slash cliche you could ban from MMA commentary slash punditry forever? What would it be? Uh, the Anna Hook, all the like little betting terms, uh, twenty five and a hook or whatever. It's just like, oh, stop saying stuff like that. Uh, what? I, 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 don't, I don't. It's real Americanized. Mm, buoyed. Sorry. Buoyed. Do you know when John instead yeah. of buoyed, he was buoyed. Oh God. I love John Anik. I think he's really great. But if he could just pronounce things properly, you know, these one or two words uh, like "miot," <laughs> oh, God, and it killed me. Okay, fucking. 
Yeah, is there anything else? Is there any like um Oh, do you know what I hate as well? When they call him the, the Celtic Cross. I think Robin Black's <laughs> I hate that shit. Jeez, Jesus Christ. I, I really hate that. Oh, and people tweeted to me, oh, he lands the Celtic round. Like, what the fuck? What about when Goldberg used to call Connor for many, many fights? The notorious one. That was so annoying. <laughs> the notorious <laughs> one. Connor McGregor. It's like, that's oh my God. Uh, I miss Goldie. I really, I really miss him. But oh, do you know what I hate? I hate when they say nicknames that are designed to be in the middle, and they, but they say them at the end. Like, Oh, what, like uh, John McGuire. Do you know his name is John the One McGuire, isn't it? Something yeah. like that. So, like, if you're someone would say the One John McGuire, <laughs> something, something like that. They they do that so often. Bruce Buffer does. Like, that's just stupid. Like, it'd be you're like we call him Venom Michael Page. It's Michael Venom Page because so it can be MVP. You know that happens an awful lot. But I hate that. Okay, okay. Uh, Kieran Stapleton at the soup lad. GSP versus McGregor is that the most viable option now with the Bisping fight off? Um, I, I said that fight is a very possible fight for a long time. Yeah, um, it definitely is, and I think the UFC were thinking about it. If Conor had beaten Nate, Nate Diaz the first time, rumor has it GSP was was ready to to do the stare down in the cage and all that jazz. So it's definitely been thought about before. Uh, GSP definitely wants big money fights. That's why he wanted the Bisping middleweight fight conor mcgregor makes sense like that um it all just depends uh we just we're going to talk every week about uh, conor mcgregor what's he going to do next is he going to is he going to box floyd what's going to happen we just don't know uh we just don't know what's next for conor we don't even know if he's gonna his, his next bout will be in mma yeah that's true today's sunday as well and dana white said he's gonna have uh the deal done by today oh, the so, ultimatum uh, yeah 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 shit. don't believe have to his lies. This podcast. Don't, don't believe his lies speaking of mcgregor andy at andy stee one two three andy stevenson friend of the podcast who's a better striker mcgregor or Joanna champion mcgregor what say that again mcgregor um i think i don't know McGregor is obviously a harder puncher and they're very different styles actually I think Joanna has more varied punching and she's she can land more shots and she, she I, I don't know I, I'd say Joanna I think McGregor is more obviously a re, way more dangerous striker because he weighs more and because he's a harder hitter or not but it's, it's six of one half a dozen the other really they're, they're different kind of strikers but I go with Joanna. I think she's just levels above everyone, to be honest. And like, yeah, the competition, Connor, fighting a lot, lot t- uh, stiffer competition uh, on the feet than Joanna. But his uh, the way uh, putting people away, finishing people in the first round, um, would lean would put it, in my opinion, towards Connor. Okay, fair enough. Fucking McGregor shield. That's all you are. Uh, Dermot Dargan <laughs> at Real Dermot J. Who was the bird screaming during the Alvarez Paria fight? That was uh, Eddie Alvarez's, Alvarez's wife. wife. And she- she comes she everywhere with her. every fight. Yeah, <laughs> she's like a banshee. Eddie! Eddie! She's like Matt Sarah. Like Mark, Mark Henry uh, company. While he shouts, uh, "73 Eddie, Mark, Mark, 73 Eddie." Mark Henry is on a very bad roll at the moment, isn't he? Well, Frankie Edgar won, I suppose, but like all of his fighters are losing recently. Yeah, Weidman well, didn't go well for Weidman, didn't go well for... Uh, well, it went all right for Eddie in the end. He managed to, to lost. get out of there without uh, without the loss with the legal yeah. knee. That yeah. was pretty lucky, though. Now McGrath will um, be crying into these cornflakes tomorrow after. Sure, no, McGrath thought that was a legal knee. 
<laughs> did he? He probably did. Did he? No, nah, he probably he's probably looked at it even on replay and thinks it's illegal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he'll probably be like, you fucking suck my balls, you fucking wankers. <laughs> SMB. SMB. Folks, take down that YouTube comment. Someone yeah, says something bad about yeah. me. <laughs> you know he's talking about people sucking his balls. It's fucking yeah. weird. Me no, it's never me. gonna happen now. Yeah. Give it up, it's never gonna happen. Uh Ken Allen, I wanna see Frankie versus Connor at one fifty five. No, that's never gonna happen. He should have done that like in kind of second fight in the UFC, like I said. Yeah. Okay, Andrew Pearson at Verpality. What's next for Jason Knight? A lot of good fights for him there, I think, instead of it. Mm, yeah, they got a lot of things with Jason Knight. Um, I'd love to see that Darren Elkins fight. That'd be insane. He should probably wait a while though after uh, that last fight. Maybe. The Korean you know zombie as well. Love it. Yeah, that'd be very good. But Brian Ortega too. hasn't got a fight, has he? He's been kind of quiet on the Brian Ortega front. Yeah, uh, like he, all, he, all he has is a triangle. I don't rate Brian Ortega at all. I think he's going to get shown up by someone very soon. But uh, yeah, maybe I could. Yeah, it'd be good underground. Jason Knight's good underground as well. So he should just uh, go full yeah. Damian Maya and stop trying to strike at people and just try to grapple them. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, have we one more before we get to that one? Um, oh yeah, Nick Ildea, how do you think G, uh, DC got on on the commentary last night? Mm, uh, standard for DC. He, I don't. He's not great. He's all right. Um, he's all right. I think he's very good on the desk, and I think he's very good. You know when they they yeah. go to Anik Rogan and him, just the three of them, like talking about the fights. I think he's really really good at that. The best, in fact. But on play by play com or on color commentary, when the play by play is going on, we'll say. I don't like him there. I, do, I just don't think he's good. I think Dominic Cruz in the three man boot with Rogan is the best by far. Yeah, brilliant. Um, yeah. Only getting better as well. Yeah. I wouldn't mind seeing Cormier given an opportunity to do it just himself on the smaller cards and give Stan the opportunity on the pay per view cards. You know, uh, give I think him Stan's overrated. I think you need Dominic Cruz ahead of Stan. I know people love, love Stan. Um, I think he's good. All American and all that. Uh, Dominic Cruz is already better than him, and he's only done it like five times. Yeah, Dominic Cruz is the best in fairness, I think. All right, so I'm amazed they didn't have Dominic Cruz last night. You know, he's clearly the best. I thought I saw someone from the UFC tweeting, "If you don't like Daniel Cormier and Joe Rogan, I don't know what to give you or something like that." And that's the kind of problem. Yeah, you should know what to give us. Like, yeah, yeah. that wasn't good. What so. did you think of Daniel Cormier's Dana White impression before the pay per view? Yeah, that was actually good. That was very. I thought that was good. Yeah, yeah, he, I, I like that. He did all right there. Yeah. He did the shouting at the camera thing well. Very well. Yeah, he's a, he's a good pro wrestling uh, mark. But uh, okay, before we get to Steepa versus Ingano, Patrick Sheehan, Apache, and one, two, three, give him a follow. Uh, how do you think that'll go? Talk about that. Yeah, but how do you think it'll go now? Who do you think it'll win? Steepa. Steepa. Francie. Francie beats everyone. You don't think that, really? I picked him to beat John Jones last week. I'm picking him to beat Steepa now. If Francis so if you had a free, a free one million euro bet on either one of them right now, evens odds, both of them, you put See, it on Ingano. <laughs> Francis Ingano is very untested. But he could be. Question. He could be great. <laughs> Free bet right now, a million euro. But uh, let me explain. Let me explain. He could be unbelievable. He could be the next, you know, best fighter in the world. We just don't know. He. I look like he looks like someone who could be, but could be. like he could be. But uh, and he could be capable of beating him right now. But yeah, he might not be. I'd I'd bet on Steve if you gave me that bet. To be honest, but I still yeah. think he could beat him. Well, maybe if even even if it happens in a, in six months' time, and Ghana will be more than likely, unless he gets badly injured in between now and then, he'll be much improved again, like he goes between each fight. So the longer it goes, the better it gets for Francis Ngannou. But 
right now Stipe is super confident he's the best he's ever been he hasn't taken that much damage that is true uh your boy Ben Askren is fighting next week actually for the first time in about eight years he's fighting over in uh I believe in, when I see it yeah Singapore Angela Lee's fighting as well against a one and all fighter which should be fun I'm Amir Khan is fighting in that card as well so that that should be fun uh Luis Santos at 59 and 9 there's an Invicta card coming up as well who's winning the fight Amir Khan MMA Amir Khan or boxing MMA or boxing uh, Amir Khan I don't know I'd say boxing American. There you go. In a no, fight. Yeah. Controversial. So, yeah. Roxanne Manifari is fighting Sarah Delalio. And there's actually a really good Invicta card coming up. Uh, Hersia Tube Ursio is fighting, who's very impressive there. I'm glad for my attempts. <laughs> Andrea, Andrea Lee is fighting as well. Tiffany Van Soost is she's zero on two, but I think she's not too bad. Indy. Uh, um, like India Gomez, I believe is how you pronounce her name, is yeah. fighting as well. So yeah, a lot of good fighters on that card is um Ag- Agneska Nuvietz, who's nine and zero and a very good prospect. She's fighting Vanessa Porto. So yeah, that's a that's a good card uh, next week as well. But uh, the last question this week is going to be from a Mister Evan Keevney at Evan Keevney who asks, "Do you think Dana White's Tuesday Night Contender will serve as a good development and platform for developing prospects?" Just overall, what do you think of this idea? Tuesday Night Fights are going to be five fights um, with Jim on Tuesday. Yeah, I think it's a great idea. More fights, the better, in my opinion, because uh, I love watching fights, um, <laughs> and you don't you don't have to uh, put on extra cards to fulfill, fulfill fights, as uh, uh, somebody pointed out. Me, uh, somebody, uh, you must have stolen off somebody intelligent. Apologies, <laughs> uh, <laughs> like there, that was go on. Yeah. So uh, yeah. Uh, hopefully, it'll it'll be what people are expecting it to be. Um, but uh, wait and see. With, with all these things, just wait and see. Yeah. I I just don't know how they're going to make money out of it. Like, you're going to have to pay all those lads to fight, and there's going to be no one at the gate. Sure, or most of them are probably on 10 and 10 or 8 and 8 or something. Grand. Yeah, but still, like, say if they're all on 10 and 10, that's what you have 10 guys fighting. That's 150. That's 150 grand, is it? That's, you know, that's a lot of money to be like, is there how much is Fight Pass making a week? Like, I don't know. You know, so it's a lot of money to be putting into it. But yeah, I think it's a good idea. As as I said, that you just said that you robbed off me, then I'm not gonna say again. You know, it's, <laughs> it's fulfilling people's fights on their contracts and stuff, giving people opportunities maybe to come into the UFC or giving them last chances in the UFC. You know, especially with the those women's divisions as well. Remember um Jesus Christ, Ashling Daly was giving out a long time, she couldn't get a fight. You know, you see 115 pound women all the time giving out, they can't get fights. Obviously, Daly's uh retired now, but before she was that this is an opportunity, you know, to give them fights, to give a lot of people fights. You know, it's it's not that easy on the UFC, you know, and people want to stay busy as well, and they just can't do it. And I think this is a great opportunity and something as well that you know they don't have to put big promotion into that hard. This is for the hardcore fans, and I think it's a great idea to be honest. Yeah, it, 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 we'll, we'll see soon when they announce the, the... We'll see what kind of caliber of matchup or what caliber of fighter they're going to be putting on it. Uh, it might end up being a caliber of fighter that people won't want to watch, but hopefully it won't. Yeah, I, like if they're doing like a five-week thing as well, I think they... I, I had an idea. They should probably... They should might do a tournament. Like the first week, you have uh, you have four fights and then you have like the winners of that and then you have a semi-final on like the third week and then on the fifth week you have the final sort of two weeks between fights and stuff i think that'd be an idea you could do that now i know it's tough to you know injuries and stuff that's going to be hard but you can always bring in replacements and stuff but i think that's a way of getting people back in watching it again and i think it'd uh, be a good idea but yeah anyway that's about it graham 
Did you enjoy the podcast? Was it a good one for you? Yeah, good crack. Yeah, pretty good. It's always nice. The great card, so yeah, there was some serious, serious fights and some uh, some good rants from you as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you all, you know, you always enjoy my company. Anyway, uh, <laughs> if you've listened to this podcast, please give it a tweet out. Put it on Instagram, you know, Facebook. Tag us at Sean Sheehan BA on Facebook. Sean Sheehan MMA on on uh oh no, Sean Sheehan MMA on Facebook. At Sean Sheehan BA on uh, Twitter. You can find Graham at Severe MMA or at Graham MMA on Twitter or on Severe MMA. So Severe MMA. Severe MMA on Facebook as well and Severe MMA on Instagram, which I run. Tag that in all your photos. Uh, that's about it. Anything else? Any parting words, Ryan? Um, No, that's it. Okay. Here you go. Here comes the inspirational quote. We can't become what we need to be by remaining what we are. See you next Tuesday or Monday.